All right, Holman, I did it. I listened to your uh, suggestion as uh, along with Ronnie from C10 Talk. You guys said, hey, Rusty Max, not a good name for your 1966 Chevy C20 build. And I went and changed everything. It's now known as Lockjaw. So are you telling me that Dan Church will be happy? Why will Dan Church be happy? Because he emailed us and said, this is an absolute must-do. You would be an idiot if you did not change its name. No, uh, about 10 minutes ago, I read Kyle C's uh, note to me. It says, hey, Lightning, I just listened to the show today, and I was needing to write in ASAP. Lockjaw was and is the name of Ian Johnson's kaiser m715 yeah but that's a four by four whatever this jeep truck is super famous and badass it's been on tv a bunch of times blah, and blah, all blah. sorts of events just a heads up i say you don't name your truck lockjaw <laughs> for the record i thought rusty max was a cool name uh okay so your one guy who always defends you mm-hmm. is in your corner I mean, Kyle might as well be your mom. What are you talking about? Kyle defends me? Yeah, all the time. Does he? Yes. I'm not aware of that. Oh, yes, you are. I am? Yes. Not really. He takes you out to the desert and you and That's Kyle my Kyle. That's and Kyle. Cliff go uh, off-road. Yes. Oh, that's Kyle Cunliffe? I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Interesting. All right, Kyle. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the heads up, but it's too far gone. Yeah. I am uh, now in Lockjaw Land. Lockjaw Land. What is it like <laughs> in Lockjaw Land? Do you uh, have some sort of uh, tetanus medicine? Uh, no, I don't know what to do if I got a tetanus. I guess I get, you get a tetanus shot, right? Well, yeah. Oh, maybe that's what we should rename it. You know, we should look at license plates. Tetanus shot. No, I'm not getting tetanus <laughs> shots. This is lightning, and it does suck a little bit that Ian you, Johnson, who is famous. And that you lost 50 bucks on the first plane. And that I lost 50 bucks on Rusty So we sh- what we should do is rename your truck. We'll find a new place every week no. from now on. No, it's going to cost me a fortune. Yeah, that's why it's funny. <laughs> and no one will be able to follow the Instagram feed. They'll be like, I don't have a <laughs> who freaking is this clue. Guy? <laughs> How do I find the dude, right? How do I find this build, this mystery build? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I think, uh, what did you what did you name it? You're the one that got the Instagram handle. It's uh, Lockjaw C20, yeah, right? Yeah, and so, by the way, uh, I was talking to Ronnie. And that's yes. L-O-K. Yes. L-O-K, Lockjaw. Yeah, so it's not the same as Ian's, so right. let's get that out of the way right his here. his is proper. His is L-O-C-K. Absolutely. Right, he probably okay. took your license plate, too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I was talking to Ronnie yesterday, and Ronnie's like, yeah, Lightning's an idiot. He should change the name. And I'm like, I think he actually did. He goes, oh, all right, we did something cool. And he, and he says, <laughs> as if there was a first, right? And he goes, we have to uh, make sure he gets the Instagram handle. I go, oh, I named it. And he goes, oh, well, hold on. He goes, oh, I see right here. He changed it to Lockjaw C20. I said, funny story. I changed it to Lockjaw C20, and he said he hated it, but Instagram wouldn't let him change it again. So <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. And Ronnie so goes, now I'm stuck. Yeah, Ronnie was all on board. Lockjaw C20, dude. That way there's no confusion over which Lockjaw it is. It's all good. I think, and he's got kind of the Midas touch, Ronnie, over there for uh, at C10 Talk for naming trucks of yeah. this ilk, right? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with uh, with having, it's no different than somebody in another state having the same license plate, right? Yeah. And two completely different builds. Yeah, they are. They're both rusty, but aside well, from that, they don't share much. Yeah, but I think Ian's is less likely to give you disease. <laughs> no, it looks pretty <laughs> rusty. Are you sure? I mean, I don't think that he has body panels falling off like uh, like mine <laughs> over over speed bumps. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I, I can't wait to get this uh, this build underway. It's uh, been a, a so far. It's kind of a pain in my ass, and uh-huh. it's causing a rift between you and I, which yeah, we're not going to talk about anymore. Yeah. I look. I didn't even bring it up. Yep, I'm not. Did, going did to. I even say? Anything? No, that was it. We're moving on. We're moving well, on. All right. Well, then here's what we need to talk about. We have a freaking great show lined up. We have a great show. Episode 134. It's insane, right? I think it's a pretty solid one. 
It's a weird number. Uh, but we don't have weird guests. No, we have Chris freaking Jacobs. Wait, why? Because he hosted Monster Jam Live on Discovery Channel <laughs> during Shark Week. So that was our tie-in. Right. Our tie-in was, hey, let's see if we can get a mega automotive celebrity on and we'll wink, wink you Shark Week as our in. And it works. And it works. <laughs> yes. All right, here. All right. All right. Uh, high five. No, no, wait. Oh, five star. Five star. One, two, three. Five, five stars. stars. All, right. All right. Oh, wait. Get the hand sanitizer. I don't think we're uh, allowed. I don't think we, we are socially any. distanced in case people were wondering. Yes. Uh, and we have plexiglass between us. Uh, yeah. Not really. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> what we, we have between us. Absolutely. And for those who, I don't know how you wouldn't know who Chris Jacobs is, but he is the host of Overhauling along with Chip Foose. You've seen it. He's the tall, thin guy that does all the uh, the talking. He's the guy that plays the part of the uh, uh, the, the undercover cop. And, you know, he he's that dude. He's also hosting. Uh, yeah, what else? Let's go oh through the list. Oh, my God. All right. So he does Barrett Jackson Live. He's been on the NFL Network. He's been on Entertainment Tonight. He was even on Two and a Half Men. Like, yeah. what? How about? Uh, live streaming the uh, the Falcon uh, capsule lifting off and then returning to Earth. Yeah, well, like, listen, wh- just whatever you need he's, Chris for. He's a consummate host, and it turns out that he is a, a car geek, and he knows a thing or two about trucks as well. So I'm excited to have him on. And for all you people out there who have been questioning, hey, when are you getting more shock content? I recently went out to uh, spend the day with uh, Fox Shocks, and we've got a whole uh, interview in a bunch of, like, a progression of vehicles with different versions of their new product line coming out. Yeah, so, so what cool. did they launch? Because I saw a kind of a blitz of media. Was it, are they doing shocks or full suspension kits or a collaboration with someone? What, what are, yeah, what so, are they doing? So they these do are, like, like, direct replacement shocks. So before you could go into an off-road shop, right, and they had the performance series, you know, your, your smooth body 2.0 shock. And then you could go like factory race, which is like the Wazoo, big old three. There wasn't really anything in the middle. So they've got a new line called Performance Elite Series, which sort of splits the difference from your entry-level Fox Shock all the way up to your race-inspired shock. And we'll talk about the difference between your factory race series and your actual race shock. We talk about that in here. Can I afford these? Uh, yeah, I think there's a price point for everybody. If you like Fox Shocks, there's you're going to be happy, and it sort of simplifies the lineup. Like rather than saying it's you know this is the best shock, um, and then this is the next best shock, and this is the next best shock, what they do is they've tried to do it in a way where it's like if you like trail, here's the the what you'd want to put on your your Jeep, right? If you want off road, like more of a mix of stuff. This is the series that would most appeal to you. Or if you're the hardcore desert guy, here's where we're going. Of course, there's a little bit of bleed over and overlap in the different lines, but it de- de- but it definitely makes it easier for you as a customer wanting Fox Shocks to find that right product line for what your use case is. All right. Well, I'm excited about your coverage. You went out somewhere with them. Yeah. Right? Well, they had a uh, uh, like a trail day uh, out in uh, Riverside, California, and it was 111 degrees. Ouch. So I'll apologize for the AC noise. Normally, when we do interviews inside a vehicle, we turn the uh, AC off. I don't, it wasn't I, happening that day. Can't blame you. No. <laughs> it wasn't happening that day. Can't blame you. All right. Well, I'm excited to get to Chris. But before we call him, of course, we have to talk about Nissan, our presenting sponsor. But they had some awesome news last week. The, what? What? Do you remember our friend Brian Murphy? Uh, oh, <laughs> the dude that drove a million miles in the Frontier, right? Literally a million miles. And More then, than and a million Nissan miles. And Nissan gave him a new truck. So he just received his new truck last Tuesday. Okay. Oh, that took a little while. I yeah. Well, they had to bring the, you know, he's getting one of the first 2020s to roll off the Oh, that's uh, right. I forgot they're and, giving a brand new one. Oh, yeah, 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 brand yeah. new one. Okay. So basically, uh, his new truck is a 2020 King Cab. His old truck was a 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the base model before. They upgraded him to an SV. Again, he drove a million A million miles. miles. A million miles. 
So the new truck is a well optioned four by four instead of a two wheel drive. It's a, hold, on, hold on, just let that sink in for a second. A million miles. It's ridiculous. No, no, no. One owner. He he drove it a million I mean, look, miles. Look, 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 guys, we know that there are truck drivers that do professionally. They drive yeah. for a living, so they have a million yeah. miles. This is a dude in the frontier. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> but check this out. So the new truck is a four by four SV model. And it's, I would say it has um, luxuries in it now that maybe Brian wouldn't have considered ever optioning himself. So you're saying it has more than a cassette player? It has uh, power windows and locks. Oh, that's, <laughs> he had roll-up windows. How about a seven-inch touchscreen? Okay. And Apple's Siri Eyes Free. Like, you know, there was none of that technology back then. Well, there were no. roll-up windows back then. Right, power, right? Right, right, right. Um, so anyway, if you look at the Million Mile Frontier, just to remind everybody, the original clutch lasted 801,000 miles. <laughs> As a preventative measure, the timing chain was replaced at 700,000 miles. It didn't break. It was, it, it, it was preventative. And the radiator and alternator were swapped around 450,000 miles. <laughs> and even the front seat, the driver's seat, 500,000 miles out of that bad boy. Right. And he found a used one. Remember, he didn't even buy no, a new no, one? No, he didn't even buy a new seat cushion. <laughs> he found a used one and went, ah, this one only has 80,000 miles on it or whatever, right? So anyway, if you're uh, looking for one of the uh, most dependable, longest-lasting trucks on the market, check out the Nissan Frontier. Of course, the Nissan Titan, Titan XD come with that industry-leading five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. That's right. And you can check out the Nissan line of NV vans if you hey, have uh, Hey, hey, hey. Well, do you think that Nissan will loan me an NV van? Because I was sitting on the, uh, uh, on the 605 freeway southbound yesterday. Okay. And it was just that van has got a very unique style to it. I love there's, that van. There's nothing else on the road like it. Going back to the Million Mile Frontier, you know he's an independent delivery driver, right? Like, that's why he put so many miles on it? Sure. 12 to 14 hours a day for, like, 13 years. Do you know what the weirdest thing he ever delivered in it? Uh, 200-pound wheel of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have guessed. A 200-pound wheel of cheese? Yes, 200-pound wheel of cheese. I've never seen one over, like, 10 pounds. Well, if you want to carry 200 pounds of cheese in the back of uh, your Frontier, no problem. Uh-huh. Head over to NissanUSA.com and spec out that brand new 2020 Nissan Frontier with the 3.8 liter V6. Most horsepower in its class, 310 horsepower, and that great 9-speed automatic transmission. Now, wait a minute. What if you want to show off your cheese and you want to put the cheese outside so people can see it? Would you get a deck system and then put the cheese down on top of it? So I was thinking about that. So wait a minute. You'd have to uh, take the cheese and, and divide you, it all You'd away. have to cut the cheese oh. if you want to fit it in. <laughs> God, I set you up. Oh, yeah, but I didn't miss it, did I? No, he knocked it out of the park. <laughs> well, it was more of a bunt. It was a bunt, and you made it to first base, so just be happy, okay? All right, fine. So if you want to put your ginormous wheel of cheese on display, what you do is you just put it on top of the deck system. But if you don't want people to see it and you want to keep it fresh, you cut the cheese and you put it in your decked drawers because they'll hold, as Holman said, 200 pounds each Because I also uh, cut the cheese in my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's... Uh, I don't know if the deck people would be happy with this. Oh, uh, come on. Greg, Greg would love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We better start the show before we devolve any further. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. So, Holman, what you're telling me is that we're going to be calling not only the host 
of Overhauling and Monster Jam Live that just happened this last Saturday. But also, U.S. Congressman representing no, the 27th no, no, District no. of no, the no, no, State no. of New D- York. Different, different Chris-, Chris Jacobs. Different Chris Jacobs. Oh, This is the car oh. guy, Chris Jacobs. Not the U.S. Congressman, Chris no, Jacobs. Nope, nope, nope. Different. I better different. change web pages right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, I'm, I'm glad to see you finally have hmm. done research on our guests. Well, uh, but last, disappointed uh, it was on the wrong person. Last, uh, last 15 minutes might have been wasted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's dial Chris Jacobs, the car guy. All right. Hello, hello. Is this Mr. Chris Jacobs? It's Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. Hey, how you doing, man? We're fantastic. Hey, real quick, we have an intro to play before we speak. Don't move. Yo, the Truck Show! <laughs> who dis, who dis, who the hell is this? A Truck Show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis, who dis? Truck Show represent... So, I don't know if that intro is good for you, Chris, or not, but that's what you got. Why? Can you keep playing it? That's, um, that's, that's hard. Uh, we, we weren't sure if you would uh, if you'd appreciate that or not. We uh, always giggle to ourselves because we never tell our guests what intro they're getting, and uh, it's always a crapshoot. Oh, okay, so that's custom-tailored. Nice. That's absolutely custom-tailored. Exactly. So, Chris, my God, we have so much to talk about and only a little bit of time with you. So, first, let's get right to the kickoff of shark week which happened saturday night at eight o'clock what how did you how did you get wrapped up in monster jam live like how in the <laughs> whose brain child wait, wait, was wait. that not only and, monster jam live but also monster trucks and sharks with the uh with the gearhead guy right exactly. like, who hosts every show that there is on discovery apparently outside of mike uh, mike rowe right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i guess you know yeah me and mike rowe are there are the guys but you know i mean I'm, I'm good buddies with the diesel brothers um i hosted their memorial day event in uh 2019 that was a, a huge hit and um it, it was just a lot of fun so um you know when they called me up and asked me if i'd host this one for them I said, absolutely. I I love Monster Jam. I love what these guys do. I I love that uh, both Diesel Dave and Heavy D are now Monster Jam pilots themselves and have a nice little rivalry developing. So uh, I I was all for it. And it was a a really, really fun event um, down in in, in Florida. Did they talk about the fact that Diesel Dave is actually maybe slightly a better driver than Dave Sparks? Because (laughs) Dave, you know, Dave's got a little bit of the the uh, the tood going on. Like he's like, I'm I'm a badass driver, but Diesel Dave, man, he steals the hearts. And he's the first one. I think he did the the double back, right? Well, no, I mean, Diesel Dave didn't attempt that. Um, it was Todd LaDuke who attempted the uh, forward momentum double backflip uh, and unfortunately did not pull it off. Um, landed on his wheels on the first attempt. His his engine blew. Unfortunately, he landed on his wheels on the second attempt. He landed on his roof. but uh, uh, Which is know. different than landing on your wheels, right? That's bad? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> not it's, good. it's crazy. I, I wouldn't want to land on either my roof or my wheels, but these guys are badasses, man. And Todd LaDuke is a great driver and an even better guy. So uh, I always have a blast hanging with those guys. I was really hoping Todd was going to be able to pull it off, but um, that is probably the hardest trick that they have conceived and Tom Mintz, the the you know the kind of godfather, the professor of Monster Jam, would be the first one to admit that when they conceived of that stunt, there was it's never been landed. I mean, Tom tried it a bunch of times. Todd tried it a bunch of times in practice. 
So we were really hoping he was going to be able to land it on the day, but uh, he wasn't able to, unfortunately. But, man, what a stud for even making the attempt. And his crew swapped out that engine in less than an hour so he could make his second attempt. It was it was amazing to watch him be there on the ground. And getting back to your uh, your question about Diesel Dave uh, having swagger, you know, both <laughs> those guys, uh, Heavy D and, and Diesel Dave, definitely uh, deserve the swagger they have. They're, they're both great drivers, and what a great kind of little rivalry they have. And I just love hanging out with those guys. So uh, Diesel Dave is such a character. And so is Heavy D. So it was a great time down in Florida. So six world records. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we were going for seven. Um, we got six of them. Oh, whatever. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it was it was a great night. Yeah, the, the coolest one probably was either uh, uh, Barry Musauer doing, I think, 71 donuts, <laughs> consecutive donuts in a Monster Jam truck. I mean, how how he was able to like get out and walk away in a straight line Dude, was just amazing. That reminds me of like uh, grad night in high school. We went to Knott's Berry Farm and we rode uh, Montezuma's Revenge like seventeen times in a row. And I think I was messed up for at least two or three days after that. Barry's probably messed up for longer. I mean, it, it was amazing. <laughs> I was actually able to get coherent sentences out of him after uh, he uh, he made his attempt, but he did it. Um, and then of course Bryce Kenny going over hundred miles an hour in his well, truck. Well, not only did he go hundred. Didn't he jump over like seven vehicles or something like that? Well, that wasn't that was uh, Adam Anderson. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, we're just he, screwing he, up he, all the names. <laughs> he, he jumped over eight Monster Jam trucks, um, so he he set a new world record there. And that's eight more than I've jumped the, over, Chris. Yeah, yes. that's that's a lot more than I would even attempt. <laughs> uh, he actually, well, the most amazing part was he's usually driving Grave Digger, and that's the truck that he's most familiar with. So the fact that he did it in a truck, Megalodon, that he's not the normal pilot of, uh, makes it even more spectacular that he pulled it off. Now, so Chris, these monster trucks, I, I had the pleasure many years ago of driving Iron Man around in uh, Anaheim Stadium, and they had the kill switch on. I went too fast, and they killed the engine. <laughs> but So they, um, they're not geared to go really fast, so I assume these were pretty heavily modified for these tricks. Yeah, well, Bryce modified his uh, his his truck uh, suspension wise. I think they uh, they they took some weight out of it too, because uh, these are you know humongous trucks. Uh, I think they weigh like upwards of ten thousand pounds. So um, yeah, they they definitely lowered that suspension down, got them more stable, and uh, he nailed it. He went over a hundred, and just uh, really incredible because you know these these trucks aren't meant to go that fast as you said, and they're they're kind of unstable. So if they start to get that shake going. It's pretty hard to counteract that. So Bryce kept the truck under control expertly. You're and, saying you know, that he, these things he, get death wobbles? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I'm, I'm guessing uh, you're not balancing those uh, those tires at your old uh, local tire shop. Yeah, big old tires <laughs> not hooking you up. Yeah, you know no, big, how many weights that would take? Big O's not involved. Yeah, you don't you don't go to your local Costco and get those things uh, <laughs> tuned up. So I think they did let a little bit of the air out of the tires too, just to uh, make it a little more stable. But you know, Bryce comes from a, a top fuel background. So he's used to going fast. So I'm sure 100 in a monster truck uh, wasn't that big of a deal for him. And he's such a great guy. I was really happy to see him set the record. Tom Mint set the record for a nose wheelie. Uh, Adam Anderson's sister Kristen set the record for height in a jump in a monster jam truck. Uh, so, you know, it was it was a great, great event. And, and hopefully everyone got a chance to tune in. 
to have a Monster Jam uh, event kicking off Shark Week is just kind of the perfect segue between audiences for Discovery, you know, because obviously Motor Monday is really popular and Shark Week is the juggernaut of the year for Discovery Channel. So to have these two forces come together was really exciting. And to get a chance to host it was an honor for me. Oh, I mean, it's the perfect uh, amalgamation of, like, you get every family member. Yeah, right. Anyway, every, so, something for everybody. Oh, oh, my God. My wife and, and my oldest son are totally into Shark Week, and yeah. me and my young son are into the, all the automotive the, stuff. The only thing missing is Gar- is uh, is Parker with a, uh, a bar of gold. Yeah, that would be the only thing. Gold, uh, exactly. That's what we need him, yeah. Now, so, Chris, um, do you know if there are going to be any re-airings during Shark Week of this special? Or I, mean- I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that it will be available either on the Discovery Go app or, you know, in some version of Discovery's uh, um, uh, digital space. The, the, the telecast will be available again. Okay. Um, we'll find you know, it and we'll post it up on our socials. Google away. Yeah. yeah. So what we want to do, uh, Chris, is is go rewind the clock a little bit, go back in time, and, and find out how you became <laughs> the the car guy. Like, we know you have a history, a current, well, a muscle car thing. Like, you've got, uh, I think, the GTO that you had and some other amazing uh, cars, but... How did that all start? Because your career goes way back. I mean, overhaul and Bear Jackson, NFL Network, Insider Entertainment Tonight, Two and a Half Men. Yeah, like, I, what's that? I don't think people realize that how prolific <laughs> you are in in such a, a broad genre of uh, of shows. Yeah, well, let me give a quick edit. There It was a GTX. Not G- a GTO. I'm sorry, GTX. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mopar guy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my my '68 um, Mopar, no car, my friend. GTX. That's right, baby. Every day. <laughs> um, it's actually sold at Barrett Jackson in January uh, in Scottsdale for charity for three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, really cool. Oh my God. Wow. Proceeds. Every single dollar of that going to um, uh, charity. So uh, I was very psyched about that. The C4 Foundation, which is a foundation down in San Diego County. They have a ranch down there where Navy SEALs, both active and retired, and their families can come and either convalesce or get ready to be deployed. Their families can go there while they're deployed. So it's a great, great charity named for Charles Keating IV, who was a Navy SEAL who was killed in action uh, in 2016. So um, I was very happy to contribute to them. And, and uh, you know, obviously uh, the person who bought the car uh, was, was very, very generous with that. Did, so, did you yeah, meet I mean, the person who, uh, I who did, the car went to? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did, yeah. It's a guy named Pat Velasco and his wife, Linda, and they're just awesome. phenomenal people, and we've become friends. And, oh, that's and they're, great. They're, they're just amazing. We have a, yeah, a I mean, ton of military guys listening to the show who I obviously oh, are going to appreciate that. Big, big military following on here. That's, that's actually really appropriate because one of my other things that I'm doing during the pandemic is I'm hosting Zoom webinars for the USO, the United Service, awesome. Service Organization. Yeah. So I've done about 30 of those so far, and um, some, some really great guests on there. I have another one tomorrow morning, and I have another one on Thursday. So I've been doing two or three a week of those, which is you know just my way of, of giving back to the military. I'm a huge supporter of the military. Now, are, are, Chris, are these are these webinars open to the public, or is it a closed? No, they're 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 open to servicemen and women uh, through the USO. Um, so that what they do is, uh, you know, they're either on bases in Afghanistan or Iraq or around the United States, Germany, Japan, they go to their local USO office and they watch the, the zoom 
and they can actually zoom in and ask these celebrities who I'm interviewing questions live, which is really cool. Oh, that's so, bitching. That's awesome, man. Met a lot of great uh, servicemen and women around the country through doing these um, USO uh, uh, webinars. But going back to your your uh, original thought and question, yeah, I mean, I have been in the entertainment business without having to have another job since 1995. So it's been it's been quite a run. And uh, I started off as an actor, which is, you know, you mentioned Two and a Half Men. That was a gig that I did in 2003. And uh, while well, I was already quite into uh, my career at that point. But then in late 2003, in October, is when I landed over Holland. And that's the job that really changed my life. That was my first regular job. Um, I was a, a, a car guy in a minor sense at the time when I got the job. That's how I got the job because I was able to, you know, convey my kind of knowledge and love for cars. But over the past 17 years of doing that show, obviously, my knowledge of cars has grown exponentially. Um, I am not a mechanic. I don't claim to be a mechanic. I would not, you know, want to work on anybody's car. <laughs> but uh, I do love cars and I know a lot about them. Although um, just through osmosis, yeah. you have to be able to yeah, turn a right. wrench now. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I can do the basic stuff. You know, I can change a spark plug and, you know, do that kind of stuff. But uh, as, as far as like real, like, you know, engine maintenance and tuning and, and taking an engine apart, putting it back together. I leave that to the experts. You're the, you're the encyclopedia, the right? You're the enthusiast. I, I can talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. I can talk about it, but I, I can't necessarily do it. You know, what's funny Which is, is why um, my job on Barrett Jackson was so great because I got a chance to be around these phenomenal cars that are all in tip-top shape because they're going across the auction block. That that was probably, I mean, of course, overhauling is my calling card, and that's always going to be what I'm known for and my favorite job. But Barrett Jackson was a very close second. I mean, getting to do that four times a year and being around these phenomenal cars and basically just getting to walk around with a camera and a microphone and pick out a car and talk about it is a is a dream job. It really, really is, and. I, I, I just loved every single second of all of the, uh, the years that we did it. I think we did it for five and a half years. So 20 plus Barrett Jacksons that I was involved in. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll always be proud of, of the work that I did for Barrett Jackson and on behalf of Discovery and Motor Trend, which is what used to be Velocity. Yeah, it's, I've always enjoyed watching uh, the auctions. And I'm a big fan of you, a big fan of you making auctions entertaining. I mean, I think that you guys, when you started covering them and the way that you did was a completely different look where the average uh, car enthusiast at home could enjoy it on a different level, right? I think that was that's pretty cool to make. Well, I mean, it's beautiful cars, but you only see them for, what, 45 seconds maybe come across the screen, and, and you've got to do the download of what makes this one so special. But I think there's a ton of, like, everyday car people that, that – amassed knowledge just from watching the, uh, the the auctions. Well, yeah, with your coverage, like I used to get dragged to those things with my dad, and I didn't understand what was going on. And my dad would be into it, staring at it wide, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. eyes as wide <laughs> as saucers, and I'm sitting as a kid you know, in Arizona at Bear Jackson in the early days going, I don't know what's going on yeah. your dad. What am I looking at? What am I looking at? And <laughs> it, but the way that you guys do cover it, it's yeah. fascinating. You bring it alive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I pride myself on being the, the conduit to the audience. You know, I am one of the audience. I am, I'm the guy who is watching right along with them, but I'm there in person and talking about the car. And so, uh, you know, I try to make it as entertaining and as informative as possible. 
And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you guys saying that uh, you enjoy what we do because we really take a lot of pride in, in bringing it to the audience in a digestible way that's, you know, informative and entertaining and, and not annoying or repetitive or anything like that. So <laughs> right. I, I, you know, and mistakes, mistakes always slide through. Well, the, always, the haters you know, let you know on the internet. something wrong and then my, <laughs> my Twitter feed goes crazy oh, yeah. with, you know, that's not an 87, it's an 85. Yeah, you know, it's like, or 86 okay, and a half, sorry, you can tell by that. that one exposed screw right there, you idiot. Right. You know, you're yeah. like, hey, man, I'm doing my best here. How do you deal exactly. with those, with, with the haters that are like, because you're looking at it going, bro, it's minutia. Yeah, Seriously, right. <laughs> like leave, leave it alone, like it's entertainment. And they take it very, very pers- seriously. Yeah, personally. No, absolutely. You know what? And 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 I, what people are looking for, you know, hate hate gets halfway around the world while love is putting its shoes on. You know, it's like people are so apt to criticize for and sure. correct and judge. And I get it. All those people <laughs> really want is engagement. And so yeah. I try to engage them in a positive way. If someone, you know, I mean, I have comments on my Twitter and social media all the time where it's basically like straightforward, like you suck, you know, <laughs> I, I, you're, like, you're I, not I even creative, engage them and going, Hey, you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and a lot of the times I'd say probably three out of four times they'll hit me back going, Oh man, you know, I didn't really mean you suck. I, yeah. You know, I yeah. Really Cause they don't program. realize you're a real person. Right. I mean, that's yeah, part of the deal. Want, they want, they want engagement. Yes. You know, they want, they want a response and they think that like hating will get that response. And it's kind of true. I mean, you, I, you know, I, 90% of the comments I give get are, are filled with love and adulation and, and compliments. And those are great too. And I respond to all of those also, but then there's that hater out there and it always comes from an account that like, doesn't have a profile yeah, picture. No followers, like and followers and just, yeah, exactly. anonymous. No, they're but always just I memes. I still feel yeah. the need to like, Engage them and well, say, "Hey, you're you know, a person. How can I improve?" Yeah, you're exactly. a you're a real. I always joke with my guys. You know, um, I run the uh, the truck editorial over here at the Motor Train Group, and I always joke with my guys that it's like. You know, don't dance with these people because it devolves to your mom wears combat boots and like two posts or less. Like that's what they're looking yeah. for, right? I right. You feel the need to go back once and maybe explain yourself or clarify something or thank somebody or whatever, but never go back twice because then you start the dance and there's there's no winning at that point. And exactly uh, going back exactly. to your uh, your comment about being just uh, one of the audience, and I think that that's really important because what I've always told my guys is there's no you know especially in enthusiast media, there's no difference between you. And the guy outside this building on the street corner who loves the same things that you do, you just have a platform. So you have a responsibility totally. as an enthusiast to just, you know, represent the thing that we all love and, and educate people. And I think that's a great attitude to have, a great perspective. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm just the guy who was born without the gene to get nervous when there's a camera in my face and a mic in my hand. You know, I mean, we can we can all at a car show talk about the cars we love. But the camera and the microphone do something weird to people, you know, and, and suddenly they can't talk and they're fumbling around or whatever. So thank God I, I discovered something that I'm good at, which is speaking into a camera with a mic in my hand and being able to, you know, make a connection with the audience that's on, on the other side of that lens. So I really appreciate all the people who watch what I do and have nice things to say about it and enjoy what I do, because that's really what I'm striving to do. I'm striving to give the audience who's watching at home the experience that I'm having live in person. And I hope that they got that same thing from what I was doing down in Bradenton for the Monster Jam event, because I was having such a blast up there on the stage, hanging out with Heavy D and with, uh, you know, all the, the, the guys that were performing these stunts. I was just, I was a fan. Do you feel like and, a kid? Uh, Did you feel like a kid up there? Like watching absolutely. Tonka trucks? Well, you know, it, it's funny. 
I grew up in Chicago and uh, what's now called Allstate Arena used to be called the Rosemont Horizon, very close to O'Hare Airport. And that's where all the concerts and events used to be. And I went to see the, uh, the, the monster trucks perform. And Anthony Anderson told me that I, I saw Gravedigger and it was his dad who was driving the truck at that time. So when I was a little kid in the early 80s, going to this uh, monster truck event at uh, Rosemont Horizon outside of Chicago, you know, I saw the Bigfoot and Gravedigger and all these trucks going and it was Anthony Adams' dad. So to, to reconnect with the next generation really did make me feel like a kid again. And I mean, the enthusiasm that I was conveying about these stunts and watching this happen right in front of me was was very very real i was having a blast doing it i'm i'm really lucky that i get to do this for a living something that i just love to do there is something magical about going to a monster jam event it's a bummer that they're not having them right now yeah. but you can look to the person next to you and it's like a 65 year old dude yeah. next to a kid and he's going great <laughs> like, yeah, sure. his beer is spilling onto his hand and he's <laughs> yeah. so pumped up and like the kids and everyone gets everybody together. loves it oh yeah it, there's, it's funny because i remember the first monster jam that i went to and i was kind of jaded about it right because you're going dude i ride about off-roading oh, for you're a living a snobby That's truck right guy. exactly i'm a snobby magazine guy that's like, what's this? And then you go, and it literally is a show. Like, you are literally entertained the entire time. And I walked out of there. I was like, same thing. Yeah! <laughs> you know, it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. Yeah, and, it, and what's so cool is that all these guys who are these Monster Jam drivers are so down to earth. Like, you know, Bryce and I got to know each other during the, uh, the Memorial Day event last year in Utah. And uh, an acquaintance of mine was going to a Monster Jam truck, taking his son there. And, he, and he's like, you know, I saw your Memorial Day event. And, and I go, well, hey, why don't, I, why don't I hook you up with Bryce Kenny and he can give your son a tour of his Monster Jam truck. And that's exactly what he did. Bryce was so cordial, you know, spent like a half an hour with my friend and his son. And it was really cool. And, you know, that's like that ripple effect of good feelings that comes from when people do things like that. So kudos to my boy Bryce for doing that for my friend. And uh, it's just such a blast. And you're right. You make a connection with the guy in the seat next to you at one of these events because you're having this shared experience that's just so cool. It pumps you full of positive adrenaline. Dude, the world and, uh, needs that so bad right now. Totally. You forget yeah. about how much of that that humanized moment, that, that personal connection you miss. And like everybody's been so isolated. You want to just go back to that stadium with 100,000 people screaming and spilling their beer and then walk out at the end where everybody has good vibes in the parking lot going, man, that was awesome. Like, I miss that. Definitely. Well, Chris, yeah. you, you've gotten your fair share of like adrenaline moments hover, hosting overhauling <laughs> for so many years. I mean, you've seen more tears than any of us probably ever want to see. Like you've seen the highs and lows of families being, I mean, families being reunited to like. All those police just, reports about uh, Chris Jacobs stealing my car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Here's the thing, though. I always solve the case. That's I may right. appear to be a very bumbling detective at the <laughs> beginning of the uh, episode, but I always get the people their car back in the end. Um, you know, what's funny is uh, I live in Huntington Beach, which is obviously where Chip Shop is. Yep. And uh, I used to have a, a Buell City Cross, and you know I just tear around town. And I worked for a, a shop that wasn't too far from Chip, so every once in a while I'd ride by. And I remember after I uh, I had a Sportster and I upgraded to the Buell, and I was practicing wheelies in that uh, little industrial park. 
and the yeah. overhauling crew was out front. So I thought, perfect nice. time to do a wheelie, right, in oh, front of the overhauling tell crew. Tell me you ate it. So I freaking hit it, popped the clutch in second, lifted it up, and my backpack shifted, and I landed at like a 45-degree angle oh, no. and saved it and never went back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, that was dumb. You're a moron. <laughs> totally. why, would, why would you do that? Because there was a camera crew. I thought it'd be fun. What a Douche. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on. It's in my neighborhood. What can that's, I tell you? That's a, that's a very safe place to do stupid stuff because yeah. it's a dead-end street. Yeah. And it's actually kind of, you know, I mean, there's that's, that's a uh, little Hall of Famer row right oh, there. Oh, heck you yeah. Chip Shop. You got Mitch Lanzini, Lanzini Body Works down at the end. You got Luvisi with his Corvette shop across the street. So uh, that whole park, I mean, Huntington is really unique in that. I call yeah. it the hot rod capital of the world. Right down Gothard there. There's so many yeah, little places. All of those industrial yep. parks off of Gothard, there's so many collections and shops. SoCal and is the head of spot down there. Like, Off-road people like Camber. Everything so nondescript. But yeah. you get inside some of those buildings. And Amazing. There are, there are automotive wonders for, in, uh, for like sure. a five-mile square radius. Yeah. So when you are in either the Barrett-Jackson space or the overhauling space, have you ever been wowed by a truck where you thought, eh, and then the end result or the excitement at Barrett Jackson or something made you really appreciate? Is there any any of the trucks out there that you look back now and you go, man, that thing's badass. There's got to be an overhauling truck that you thought was just going to be lame and it blew you away. No, man. I mean, well, first of all, nothing that Chip does is like lame. I mean, maybe I thought that maybe this won't be as cool or exciting as some of the others. And I want to preface this by saying, like, I am a new truck guy. I just got a 2020 Gladiator launch edition. Hey, hey well done. Well now done. I am a I am a truck guy now, and I am our good happy friend uh, clam, Jim Morrison, who oh, runs Jeep in North America, actually listens to our podcast every week, and he'll cool send us emails. And so I'm telling you right now, he'll be the, delighted. The guy running here, Jeep yeah. is going to say, hey, cool, tell Chris Jacobs that I appreciate him buying one of my Gladiators. Excellent, man. Yeah, and I may, I, I definitely, as soon as I saw the launch edition and all the features that he had, that it had, I was definitely uh, uh, first in line for one of those. So I'm stoked to have a, uh, a, uh, a Gladiator. Are you going to, yes, wait, wait, hold on, know, hold on, Chris. Are you going to mod yeah. it? Are you putting it up on 40s? You doing anything? What, or you can't? No, I'm just, I think I'm going to go 37s. It's all right. got the stock, it's got the stock uh, tires on it right now. Is it a Rubicon? Um, it is a yeah, all right. So you got the high edition, fenders so, on it. Yeah, and uh, I, I think you know the the look is going to be nice and fat. So I got I got some friends here in Burbank where I live, um, who are going to help me out. Four by four world. Uh, they're going to hook me up with some uh, some good stuff for that. Sweet. But um, getting back to the question about the trucks, SEMA is such a great barometer for trends, and um, the 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 Gladiator and certainly like the Overland trucks were the hot trend at SEMA this past year in 2019. I saw so many cool trucks that were ready to go camping in. Um, and in the Mopar booth, of course, the Gladiators that they had oh, in there yeah. were with the with the full trays. You know, you you pull out two trays and one side is a sink and the other side is a barbecue and the the, the you know the roof is a tent. Just so badass. As far as the ones we've done on overhaul, we have done several pickup trucks. Uh, I think the very first episode of overhaul that ever aired, it was the second build we did, but the first episode to air was an episode called Fire and Rescue, and it was a pickup truck that we turned into a uh, a fire and rescue truck for this kid who was a um, a voluntary junior firefighter. So we've been doing trucks since the beginning. We've probably done, I'd say, probably 10 episodes that were pickup trucks. 
And, you know, they're they're all amazing. They, we've done over 120 episodes of Overhaul, so I can't, you know, remember all the details of each one. Has, has there been one that you thought, I, I got to figure out a way to buy this? There has to be a way that I can own this. Um, as far as a, a truck goes? Well, I mean, so trucks, yes, yeah. but anything, anything really. Anything, yeah, yeah, anything. Well, you know, it's funny. The very first build we ever did was a 1971 uh, Chevelle Malibu that has – to this day, my favorite paint job that Foose ever did. He did these rally stripes on the hood with ghost flames inside the rally stripes. And it's just so cool. And the guy who we overhauled that day, he works for OPG. This guy named Jeff Miller. He still has the car. And I see the car at car shows occasionally. And I, I just, I drool over it whenever I see it. I think I know that, that car. He drives that thing around HB. I've seen it before. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's like I said, he works for OPG. Yeah, right there at Gothard and Ellis. Yeah, exactly. So you probably have seen that. I mean, being a Mopar guy, I would probably lean towards uh, one of the Mopars selfishly. Um, Chip and I flipped positions during one episode and we did a, uh, a 67 Coronet. So maybe that car would be the one that I would buy, but, uh, you know, we've done so many great Mopars. So uh, what's your ultimate Mopar? I know you have a GTX, but is it a GTX? Is it a Superbird? If it, is it something more obscure? What's your one? And why no, Mopar? You know, if, if, if people, well, Mopar is just because, you know, you pick a team. <laughs> the bow tie, the oval, or Mopar. And okay. I'm just I'm a Mopar guy. Mopar style just speaks to me. It's in your face, big, There's long. About it, yeah. It's kind of the redheaded stepchild of the car world. Underdog, a Mopar yeah. guy. Um, so I love that stuff. But no, but people who people who follow me on social media and and have heard me talk about this before, they know that my ultimate Mopar is an AAR Cuda. Um, I'd love a triple black one. Uh, pistol grip four speed, of course. Of course. Um, they, they, they only made a limited quantity of them uh, for a short period. About four months they were produced in 1970. So if I could find a triple black AAR Cuda uh, that wasn't you know outrageously expensive, I'd probably pull the trigger on that. Lately, I've been really enamored with the 71 GTX's Roadrunner, that Coke bottle, next generation body style. There's a guy on um, Instagram, Airdriver71, who's got a the most beautiful dog dish triple black 71 GTX that I've ever seen. And unfortunately, he lives down in Australia or New Zealand or something like that. I thought you were so going to say I he lives down in San Diego or something. No, no he's shit, a, I mean, a little if further. If he lived in San Diego, I'd be on his doorstep right now with a <laughs> brown bag full of cash. Yeah, right. But uh, this guy lives out of the country, so I've been begging him to sell it to me, but he won't do it, and rightfully so, because it's the most beautiful example of a 71 that I've seen. So that's, you know, I've kind of got my eye out for that. Definitely going to have to be pro touring. So I'm, I'm actually without a vintage muscle car right now since I sold the the GTX at um, Barrett Jackson in January. So I'm kind of uh, got, got one eye on, on all of the, you know, you know, the bringer trailers and the the Hemmings and the, the Haggerty's. So, Seeing what I can find, but well, you know, uh, somebody's gonna be somewhere listening somewhere in my not too distant future. Somebody's gonna be listening to this episode, and they're gonna email us and go, "Hey, I have that car that Chris is looking for. Send him this uh, this yeah. email." So yeah, that happens. You know, it's funny. Time. It's crazy. I, I have had there's one guy in particular who is a classic car dealer, and he keeps sending me um, uh, listings of AAR Cudas, and he's like, "Anytime you're ready to pull the trigger, you let me know." But you know, <laughs> they, they, I'm, I'm kind of priced out of those right now. You know, sure. back. 15, 20 years ago, they were affordable in like the 25 to 30 range, but now they're up into the almost six figures range. Yeah, they're, they're so, you know, it's, it's super tough. expensive. Yeah. Any new yeah. Mopar float your boat? Well, I, I have a, a 2019 Red Eye, 
Oh, all right. That's all, the, that's all the floating that I need. Yeah, Detroit, <laughs> That'll tide you over for a while. Horsepower. Yeah, that definitely. I mean, it's talk about getting giddy behind the wheel. It's it's insane the power that that car has. It's the same engine setup as the uh, the Demon with just a slightly smaller throttle body. So it's 797 horsepower versus 840. Um, but uh, you know, that's <laughs> definitely plenty. I, yeah. yeah, I have not untapped the full The Hellcats, anything Hellcat, Demon, yeah. Elephant, all those, uh, driving them on the street is amazing how docile they are. I mean, they, they drive perfectly, and when you want to get on it, it's, it's unholy. Have you driven a Trackhawk? Because Holman is obsessed oh, with the Trackhawk. I love a Trackhawk. Track I, I have driven a Trackhawk. Uh, All-wheel drive. It's the part. best supercar in the world. Mopar was was generous enough to uh, give me a track cock for a week to demo it, and um, yeah, I mean putting putting a uh, a Hellcat motor into a uh, uh, an SUV is probably the most insane thing you can do. All wheel drive, the, five the people, of, the center of grand. gravity is is too high for that much power. <laughs> you, you feel like how you're dare you, Chris Jacobs? Over. I'm How dare sorry. You? I just have to be real about this. That was my one Listen, drawback. Listen, that is the world's best supercar value at 80 grand, no, 85 I, grand. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, Absolutely. horsepower, all-wheel drive. Look at another supercar in the world that has that power level with more than two passengers. Oh, take out no more than two passengers. All-wheel drive in that power level, and you already beat everybody. Like, it's just, you, it's dumb. It's you're awesome absolutely dumb. right. <laughs> but, I, but to be completely honest, it scared the crap out of me <laughs> because, I, because I got into it, and I put my foot into it, and I go, whoa, I'm way too high up in the air to well, be going this Well, see, fast. for me, I'm always in something lifted. So I went down into one. I'm like, this is amazing. You're in cars going into that going, yeah, it's you the felt, hit point You higher. felt like you were in a sports car on yeah, the ground. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. thought it was awesome. All right, well, Chris, I know, you're, I know you're tight on time, but I wanted to ask you one last question. And that was, you. how did you get to host the, uh, the SpaceX launch? And I was watching the live feed for that, and then, of course, it got scrubbed the first day, and I went... How, what a bummer. Like, what was that whole experience like for you? Because I'm a huge uh, aviation and space buff, too. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, not only did I host the launch, but I also hosted the return. Um, I was there. I was the, watching. Uh, Crew Dragon came back and splashed down, the first splashdown since 1975. So um, I, I'm, just, I'm just lucky. You know, I, I, have a, I have a pretty unique skill of doing live television. So Discovery trusts me enough to uh, host their live broadcasts. I mean, I've done everything from gold rush to chopper live to Nick Walenda doing his amazing stunts, uh, tightrope walking across the gang grand Canyon in between high rises in Chicago. So I've logged a lot of hours of live television during special events with discovery. And so I'm kind of their go-to guy for that. And, um, it's, it's my honor and privilege to do it. What an amazing historical event, both the launch and the return from the international space station. Um, so I was privileged to be a part of that and uh, amazing that, you know, Elon Musk and SpaceX has privatized space travel. Yep. And now now they are contracted with NASA. We're going to be doing another launch at the end of September when uh, Crew Dragon 1 goes up. This, of course, was a demo mission. And now that they've successfully accomplished that, now they can start uh, sending crews. They're going to send four astronauts next time to the International Space and Station. And don't have to worry September. about the Soyuz anymore and spending all that time with no, the Russians and shipping people and over there. The Americans need to do it yeah. from our own soil, it's a huge on our deal. own ships, and that's what we're doing now. So, I mean, Elon is a pioneer, man. He's Edison. He's Da Vinci. I, I, uh, so. I met him. We uh, had a chance to see the uh, Cybertruck before it came out. 
And man, that he's an interesting character. That's for sure. He's uh, that's I mean, way cool. Yeah the, yeah, the Cybertruck is at the Peterson Auto Museum in L.A. Yes, right now. And yeah, that's I've, right. I've got to get down there to check it out in person because uh, what a what a cool vehicle. That oh, is. you you didn't wait, wait, Chris, you didn't put your hundred dollars into uh, reserve. One? My, my man, I, Lightning did. I did. <laughs> And you know, I, like I like I said, I'm a I'm a Mopar guy. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm a diesel guy, but I don't know. It's, it looked pretty interesting. All right, well, listen, you guys, uh, all you have to do is turn on Discovery Channel, and there's Chris Jacobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're ever looking for Chris, that's how you find him. <laughs> oh man, we could spend hours with you, but uh, thank you so much for carving out the time with us. Yeah, uh, we'd love to us, have Chris. you uh, back if you ever feel like talking trucks again. Hey, a- anytime, man. I-, I I had a great time uh, with you guys. It was a blast, and anytime uh, you got a free slot. You just let me know. Cool, man. And uh, if people want to follow you on Instagram, at ChrisJacobs70, right? That's correct. On Twitter, it's at ChrisJacobs. On Instagram, at ChrisJacobs70. And uh, feel free to leave love or hate. I appreciate it. <laughs> Especially after you hear this episode, the hate will be for us, the love will be for you. <laughs> oh, That's sure. exactly how it works, yes. <laughs> All, right, All right, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. It was a blast. Thanks, guys. Oh, you got it. Right. Later. Take it easy. All right, Holman, how are you feeling about reading some email? <laughs> you email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody email, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody email. All right, if you don't mind, Holman, I'm going to start off with a an Instagram. I get some interesting. Oh, you're rules. breaking our rules. Uh, yeah, but you know what? It's kind of email-ish. You know. At Truck Show Podcast. That's at Truck Show Podcast. We're trying to post as much as we can. We're not too good at it, but we're <laughs> Dude, good I'm like enough. five episodes behind on I the know. social. No, no. All right. So I was uh, driving into the studio, and I'm looking down at the steering wheel, and I'm realizing that my hands are stuck to the steering wheel. And it's like- it, Dude, that's super gross. It, it's, it's super gross. I took, the, I, I took this uh, 2007 Ram 3500, uh, 6.7 liter diesel- and uh, I drove it up to Colorado, and I had a great time, and I Why loved the truck. Why would you say 6.7 liter diesel? What, Cummins. Be proud. Oh, yeah, true. Be proud of what you're driving. I don't know why. It's something to do with where I work. I just called a 6.7. I yeah, don't know why. So, so I think the, a power stroke. You know, no, because I think, yeah, I don't know why, because of the 5.9. Because if I say Cummins, they'll go, hey, is it a 5.9 or 6.7? Yeah, but if you say 6.7, is it a Ford or a Ram? Yeah, that's true. Oh, so that's a, a conundrum. Yeah, it's a, wrapped so, well, in a riddle. Well, no. If I say Ram, covered in mustard. Six, no, hold on a second. If I say Ram six seven, it, it's not clearly not a Ford. Well, then say Ram six seven. Well, that's what I did. I said Ram six seven. No, you said Ram diesel. Ah, oh, okay. Let me start again <laughs> for, for audience members here. I drove a Ram thirty five hundred six point seven liter Cummins diesel. Wait, what year was it? Dually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and had a great time. I love it. It's uh, it only has dude that truck only has one hundred twenty thousand miles on us. It's like as they say with a diesel, not even broken in yet. Anyway, love the thing. But here's the problem. Our, our, our guy's in the shop. I stole the shop truck, and it is uh, they never put these sun visors in, which drives me completely crazy. I am super anal about. Putting sun visors in all of my vehicles. But wait, don't I your don't vehicles the... come with sun visors from the factory? I'm sorry, sun shades. Shades. Sun shades. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. All cars come with sun visors, sun shades. Just the silver ones you buy at Pep Boys for 12 bucks. 
it, it keeps your dash looking new forever. They don't get hot and crack, and especially your steering wheel. And what happens when the steering wheel gets hot and gross and you got a bunch of mechanics wrenching and, and driving the truck all the time because it is a shop truck, it gets grody and gooey. So I posted a photo on our Truck Show podcast Instagram, and I said, I'm loving driving this old 2007 Ram work truck, but the steering wheel has been beaten by the sun and is rather sticky. I can't figure out how to get rid of the sticky. And yes, that's what she said. <laughs> Any recommendations on how to restore this leather, quote unquote, lightning. And here's what I got. I replaced three of mine, trying different ones out all the time. And I finally landed on an 06 SRT 10 steering wheel for the looks and the feel of the material. Love it so much. I made my own badge for the center of the horn. Thought that was kind of a creative one. That's kind of cool. Uh, take it to an upholstery shop and have them redo it. Uh, another steering wheel cover. Another guy says denatured alcohol. Uh, I've got... Uh, oh, I mean, I, I, here's the deal. Just clean it. Yep. Another guy says Goo Gone. Another guy with alcohol wipes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Desert Diesel says it just looks dirty, right. dude. Clean it, you know. But my favorite one was Johnny Lieberman weighed in. Oh, hey, everybody. Johnny Lieberman. With his answer... Sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to give uh, Lightning some steering wheel cleaning tips, uh, send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Dude, it's actually sticky. I watched yeah, no, I know. when I came in. Our Ram's the same way. Yeah, we have that exact same truck. It's as like, our, it'll, yeah. like my no, hand just. The, the yeah. problem is, it's like on cold days, it's gross sticky. And on hot days, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's even, gooey. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. It's gross. And it sticks. And it's still and on you my still hands. feel it. Yeah. Yeah. What? How's that possible? It's, yeah, just it's, it's fighting off the uh, Purell. You know? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, it's making some sort of new compound yeah. on, on your uh, mm. on your palms. <laughs> All right, got uh, one from our buddy Yannick. says, uh, hi, Lightning and Holman. Hey, Holman, if you've been to Canada often enough, you know how to get Lightning to eat cheese curds, French fries, and gravy with curd, which is poutine. We've had the poutine talk on here before. Mm-hmm. I feel like going poutine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's all right. Yeah. Although I don't think I had good poutine because I had airport poutine. You have a lot of poutine. <laughs> I do. Uh, usually it's just a uh, side effect of my uh, of my diet. Yep. He uh, says, P.S., I've done the opposite, put diesel in a gas truck at work, like uh, 20 liters. In my defense, it was a weekend night shift. That six-liter Chevy didn't like it one bit. When I started to knock, I hurried up and added 60 liters of gas. <gasps> then I drove it on the highway. No. Apparently that six-liter will run anything. I never told anybody, and nobody noticed. Keep up the great show coming. Love the California flair y'all have. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. All right, uh, new truck subject line from uh, Adam. Hey, Lightning and Holman. This is Adam from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm emailing, emailing you two because of what my brother-in-law, who is not a truck or a car guy, actually did. Okay, I'm curious. My brother-in-law was in the market for a new vehicle before the arrival of his daughter. He asked me questions about the Silverado F-150, the Ram, and Tundra, which I answered accordingly. Then I asked him if he put any thought into the Nissan Titan. He told me he hadn't even considered going to Nissan for a truck. So this was my chance to go full home and journalist on him. (laughs) I I told him about the five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the lack of any warranty claims, the 5.6-liter endurance V8, the zero-gravity seats, and the Fender audio system, not to mention the seven-speed transmission and pretty much everything else I could possibly think of that I've learned from both of you two. Wow. Yeah, wow. Is that anything? Uh, so apparently, <laughs> was, so. apparently it might have been enough. Let's find out. All right. So to my surprise, four hours later, he was test driving one of the dealership. And another two hours after, he was driving home in his brand used <laughs> brilliant silver metallic 2018 Nissan Titan Pro 4X with only 
8,000 miles on That's it. That's a solid buy right there. So the commission check will arrive as soon as you guys send it out. And, uh, uh, well. Or you, I'll take uh, t-shirts in trade. Thanks for all you guys do. I've learned so much from you, and I enjoy listening to the show every Monday morning. Stay safe, guys. Adam, and here's a pick of my brother-in-law's new toy. Look at that. He's actually kissing it. He's like hugging the, uh, the silver Nissan Titan. It's kind of like Dude. if you've uh, seen my picture of me in the Dr. Pepper truck. It's sort of the same the it's same a, deal. He's just caressing it. Um, but, uh, thank you very much for doing that. Do you Super feel cool. weird that somebody says they learned anything from you? Super weird. Yeah, We, we have no teachings. I, I, I don't know why anybody would uh, ever give us that kind of- Take uh, everything we say with a grain of salt and do except the opposite. for- No, no, no. Except for when we talk about Nissan. Nah, and decked. Yes, and decked. Go do those things. For sure, because we're authorities, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I got two. Wait, do people know what we're doing with Decked? Can we talk about it? No. Oh, we're doing nothing. Not yet. Keep reading that email. So I uh, have two emails here. Okay. From uh, Sissy Osborne. Wait, two emails from the same person. Uh, One on Friday, July 31st at 12.58 p.m. Uh Uh-huh. And one on Monday, August 3rd at 10.26 a.m. Is the second one a retraction? The first one says, stickers and stuff. Hey, can you please hook me up with some free stickers? Any other swag you send my way? I'd very much appreciate it. I wear a size XL. If you have any free shirts available, please. And that's uh, Samantha Osborne from South Boston, Virginia. She says, thank you. You're welcome. And then the second one says, stickers and stuff. Hey, can you please hook me up with some free (laughs) stickers? Any other swag you can send my way? I'd very much appreciate it. I wear a size XL. If you have any free shirts available, please. And that's from Samantha Osborne, South Boston, Virginia. Thank you. Wait a minute, same email twice. Uh, literally. I I just want her to know second. that we got her emails, and just like all the other emails about swag, we are ignoring it because we are horrible at follow-through. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm holding the two pieces of paper. I'm I'm uh, holding them one in front of the other. Are you lining them up? I'm lining them up. Put them in the gonna, light. I'm holding them up to our uh, ugly fluorescent lighting, and- they are the exact same email. <laughs> wow, that's a trip. You know, Samantha, if you, letter for just, letter. If you would not have copied and pasted that uh, second one, we probably would do it. Oh, <laughs> don't even do that. No. Uh, I mean, I'd like to say we might. But oh, we might. oh, yeah, nice, nice shot. shot, huh? Over, over the head shot right yeah. here. Uh, sorry for your loss from Clint Cunliffe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. I love Clint so much. I love him for hating you. <laughs> uh, Wait, who hates me more, Kyle or Clint? Uh, together? It's like the the sun just, mm, just beating on you, making you sweat. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Lightman and Holman, sorry to hear that your copyright expired on the Toasote. <laughs> well, <I laughs> because mean, we've taken so long? No, it has not because we mentioned it so much. We have, what is fair use when you use it in the marketplace, but you haven't registered it yet? Uh, well, there's a legal sure, term for Well, that. I mean, you, you can claim a trademark. Yeah, uh, it's called for it's called uh, in use. In use, right? there we go. Yeah, so you would file. We you choose the first date of use, right? Yes. And for us, it would be sometime uh, in, eight nine years ago, sometime in twenty seventeen <laughs> or something, right? And all right, we'll so, keep reading his email. Okay, all right, all right, all right. After getting rights to a towing podcast topic introduced back in episode five, don't really know the episode, but neither do you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, ha. Ah. Uh, the statute of limitations has officially expired. I continued to tag you on every crazy towing post on IG, trying to motivate we appreciate. you to deliver, but to no avail. <laughs> As I now regularly tow my TJ Rubicon to the trail with my Banks-equipped V10 Super Duty. Very nice. I have renewed interest in all things towing. Every time it gets mentioned, I get excited, but to no more. After 132 episodes and utter failure to deliver on said topic, the rights are now shifted over to 
Car Talk on NPR. Hey. <laughs> I mean, we lost that hurts to, a little bit. We lost it to Car Talk. Uh, so wait, Car Talk's going to have a toe or something? No, that's all reruns. They're not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aren't they dead? They're like 111? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. uh, Clint's messing with us. Uh, how about Kyle? I think Kyle has some venom. Well, he's got an email too. Oh, does he really? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, they have father and son tag teaming us. <laughs> well, they're just they're beating us up. Uh, like, uh, I have a black eye and you're <laughs> I'm about punched. to get one. Well, no, you're getting kneed in the groin. Oh, okay. Ouch. Hey, Lightning and Holman. This is your old wheeling buddy, Kyle. While you two certainly do not need any help getting off topic and deep diving into discussions <laughs> of barbecue and big bellies, I saw the shirt and I knew I had to send it your way. Oh. Too funny. Image attached. And of course, uh, Kyle sends us the uh, picture of a guy wearing a shirt that says, I didn't claw my way to the top of the food chain, just to eat vegetables. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with that. He says, uh, P.S., the next time you have Johnny Lieberman on the show, you should put a nickel in a jar every time he alludes to not caring about trucks or he mentions G-Wagons. I think by the end of the interview, you'll have a 30 brick of Dr. Pepper paid for. This method could also double as a drinking game, LOL. Keep up the good work. Show's getting better and better. It only took, us, only took us 130-some-odd episodes to finally get uh, listenable. Is that what he said? Did you see what happened there? You totally blew past what just happened there. That he was he's okay with us now. Well, not only that, but we had somebody that made us look good to, in his eyes. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, I see so we'll just happening. have Johnny come back and say things about the G-Wagon, and then people will hate him more than they hate us. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Diesel Truck for Reliability is an email from uh, Ben. So I just want to say I love your podcast. I listen to it with my family. Whenever there is a new episode, well, that would be every week, hopefully, uh, I recently caught my wife and kids singing along to the song as she was putting them to bed, and I wish I could have recorded it. Uh, if it happens again, please do record it and send it to us. We'll play it. I have a 2012 Toyota Tundra Crew Max with 69,000 miles. Love the truck. Bought it for its reliability. As I live in Alaska, oh, hot damn. That's uh, got to abuse your truck up in Alaska, right? I would assume. You, I mean, there's no way got not to, to, right? And I can't really afford to be stranded anywhere, not in Alaska. No, I've attached some pictures of my Tundra. So far, I put fuel 20-inch wheels with 33-inch Cooper Discover AT3 4S tires. I uh, changed out the emblems, blacked out the chrome rear bumper, door handles, side steps, and mirrors. Installed four 14-inch light bars in the grill. Uh, added a Gear America Uber shackles on the front and added vent shade low profile rain guards. It's not really complete yet as I want to still put a lift on it and 18 inch wheels with 37 inch tires. Decided I want more tire, less wheel. Winch and ARB twin air compressor also on the way. I may also wire in a power inverter as I've got to take my laptop on me with trips for work. Thinking about getting a second truck as the tow rating for this one is only 10,000 pounds. Yeah, that would be kind of a limitation, right? I know I probably have to step up to a diesel, and I was wondering what you guys recommend for reliability. Thanks for your time. Sincerely, Ben P. And a pretty cool-looking Tundra, i got to yeah, say. Nice. So, yeah, so uh, I'm seeing the pictures from afar. It's a Crew Max, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. So yep. listen, he's going to probably hang on to this truck, and he wants to he wants a diesel, yeah. right? But did he say new or used? Ooh, he doesn't say. Right. So, I mean, if he's getting you, oh my God, I don't want to even start. What's his budget? I know. Uh, All right. What's the most reliable diesel that you would point to somebody right now of the last, let's say, 10 years? Oh, the most reliable diesel. Don't want to say a Ram, but, but it's kind of probably have to say a, a Ram. Cummins. Yeah, you got to so do what it. I'm thinking it's it, just such it's a not, tried and true engine. Yeah, and it's not that the Duramax isn't a great engine, isn't reliable. It is. There's just some electronic stuff on certain years around it. 
Um, uh, here's the thing about the Cummins. There's a diesel mechanic in every, every town, town that has who parts. can wrench yeah. on, a, on that engine. Yeah. Yeah. And the Fords have had- uh, Dude, you can take a sock out of your drawer and use it as a part on a Cummins. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. They're just so <laughs> common. I I would, yeah, I guess I have to go with you on that. No, I'm not. I mean, not doing it under duress. I know I sound like I am, but I mean, it's it's a great. It's it's just it's great. And as much as I love the Ford Six Seven, yeah, I love it. It's a great, especially the second gen. But now you just there's so much else going on with DEF and Logic. So yeah, train. so you're buying. What are you buying? You're buying a. You're buying an 0708 right in there with a stick. If you can find one, right? It's got a. Is that an NV forty five hundred or G fifty six? I can't remember. I don't know. But if you do a stick. So yeah, what was the last year DEF? I want to say it was 2013-ish, 12-13. Probably so probably 2012 Yeah. because in 13 that would have been the first model year with with Delph. I believe. And I believe you could get a uh, manual transmission on a Ram all the way up to 18, I believe. I think, okay. So we're we're, I mean, we're guessing here. We're I not exactly say, sure. We're close though. I would say if you're buying the used truck market and you want reliable, I'd do a pre-DEF Cummins with a manual. I mean that's probably as reliable as you're going to get. Yeah. Now you do have You don't have to have manual, but that's a good call. Yeah, and you right. do have to realize that the manuals are derated. They only produce 660 pounds feet of torque. But I mean, depending on what your loads are, that's plenty to do yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm going to do a I'm going to I know you love a manual, but I'm I'm going to do an automatic. Well, and, but and, I I'm just saying from a reliability standpoint. Like uh, he's true, in Alaska. But, but dude, there's so less many to up, go wrong. So many upgrades for that transmission. Even if something goes wrong, like I said, get a tube sock out of the drawer <laughs> and then just <laughs> put it over your shifter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's disgusting. That is disgusting. <laughs> well, no, that's not disgusting yet. Well, it's, it's, it's you, clean, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a clean, clean tube, tube sock. sock right? <laughs> okay. Uh, I got one from our buddy Trevor uh, Nemoro says, uh, Shock Talk 2.0. Hey there, Russ and Aardvark. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I want to mind dump about shocks again and ask for input. I'm looking into replacing- <laughs> wait, 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 stop, stop. That's the name of our show, Mind Dump. No, shh. That's when we lose this podcast. That'll be our next show. Mind dump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't even be about anything. No, just... It'll be about trucks and barbecue yeah. and- Tube socks, <laughs> spackling. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mind Dub. <laughs> okay, uh, he says, I'm looking to replace the shocks on my 04 D-Max, and I'd like some input. There seems to be a few different routes I can take in my current budget, from cheapest to most expensive, the Bilstein 5100, Bilstein 7100 without the resis, Fox 2.0, Bilstein 7100 with resi, and Bilstein 5160s. For right now, my truck is stock, but it needs new shocks ASAP, and my better off getting 5100s to get me by until a much later date when I have a bigger budget to go with something super fancy, like Fox Performance LSC Series shocks for double the price, or would a middle ground right now be a good investment that would last me through many stages of upgrades to the truck? My main uses are daily commuting, fire road blasting, and general adventuring, pavement pounding, and towing. It needs to be comfortable enough. That <laughs> Wait my... a second. That's all. That's, yeah, that's all. all. That's all that's I'm doing in my truck. He's doing it every. He's doing everything. It needs to be comfortable enough that my lady won't complain too much off road. I want to keep her coming back for more. Would seventy one hundreds without the reservoir be a good starting point, and then later being able to add in the reservoir if or when I start to need them? Or is that overkill for what my goals are? It looks like it would take a little bit of minor fab work to get them in. If I stepped up to the high end of my budget right now with fifty one sixties. At what point would I outgrow them? Would my driving skills and size of my nuts need to grow significantly <laughs> to actually know the difference between them and options like a Fox Performance LC or DSC or a King 2.5? I believe the Fox 2.0 and 7100s are rebuildable and tunable as well, so that sounds promising for long term. 
What about the 5160s? Are they rebuildable and tunable? Is he writing a book over here? Yeah, future upgrades (laughs) would be uh, massaging travel suspension steering and joust bumps on the front end and Deaver's bags in the rear, running 35s. Keep the stars up to five. That's from Trevor. Um, Five-star review! Five-stars! I know it's not specifically to what he's talking about as far as platform, but I think he's going to like our next segment with uh, Fox coming up. I would also say that, honestly... For what you're doing, it sounds like he has bigger and better things in mind for the truck. I would throw the 5100s on. They're 50 bucks a piece or 75 bucks a piece, lifetime warranty, and they're amazingly good for what they are and the price point. And save up for the shocks and suspension you really want. That's I, what I would do. I like that plan. Yeah. It's hard sometimes for for you and I to not buy the best. Yeah. Right? Not put yourself in the poor house. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes that's the smartest move. Well, and look at my uh, my JL with the AEV build has 5100s on it now, and I'm going to 8100s, which are the big 2.65 pistons. I came from a JK with bypass shocks on it, so I've been completely shock spoiled. And I thought, is that a thing? Shock spoiled? Shock spoiled? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I thought for sure that I was going to pick up this Jeep and not like the suspension because it's only 5100. But you've loved it, and I've absolutely loved it. I actually, it was good for me to get back onto a non-reservoir smooth body 5100 because I realized, again, how shock spoiled I've been, just how good those shocks are. And I'm like, if I didn't want to go 15, 20 miles an hour faster than I do now, I would have no need for a reservoir and a bigger piston. But I like to drive fast, so those will be the eventual upgrade. But I forgot, in daily driving and doing all this, it's amazing how good those shocks are. So I would say hit the 5100, save up for what you really want, but also... Perfect segue into our next segment where you can kind of hear me testing, feeling, and talking about the different levels of a performance suspension shock upgrade. So you went to a Fox event. Where is that? I've got four big tires and some beadlock wheels. I've got four big tires and some beadlock wheels. I've got four big tires and some beadlock wheels. All right, so uh, this is Holman. I'm out here uh, in Riverside at a Fox event with my driver, Corey. And Corey, uh, we're in a stock 2017 Jeep Wrangler JK. We are. This particular vehicle's got 23,950 miles on it. And uh, we brought this out just to give an example of what a standard steel-bodied, non-IFP suspended Jeep, um, what you can expect from it in in basic off-road use. Uh, We didn't set up a super hardcore course, uh, just something that sort of allows you to see uh, the difference between the different levels of suspension that we're uh, that we're showing you today. Holman, it sounds like you guys are wearing masks. Uh, we were wearing masks. We were super uh, socially distant. We had masks in the car, and there was a cleaning crew that jumped in and cleaned everything between people. That's true. As an audio guy, I can tell that the, uh, you rolled off the high end. It was, it was just it was yeah, kind of muffled. Just, yeah, uh, I've got I've got face covering. And I don't I love I don't mind the face covering thing at all. Uh, I, I think you know we're all being safe. I'm not going to go political here, but I, yeah. I think it's smart. But the one thing that drives me batty about audio. is the audio. Everyone yeah. is just muffled. Yeah, that drives me cuckoo. Well, uh, I'm sure the AC going is driving you cuckoo. And no, probably... it actually no, I don't mind that. Okay, I don't mind that. Right. We'll keep going. And so uh, this is where uh, our friends. Uh, Catherine and Aaron in the back, we're going to hear a lot of oofing, right? Do we all get out of this ride like two inches shorter? Uh, yes, yes. Everyone's going to come out a little bit shorter and don't be panicked when you uh, go to the restaurant winter today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, here we are. We're going uphill and uh, this is a bone stock Jeep. So, you know, what's impressive about these things actually from the factory is the, the foundation, the, the chassis are actually pretty good. 
good isolation from the bushing so it's actually a really good uh, uh, vehicle to do uh, contrast and compare with and you know we're going uh, let's see 20 miles, miles an, hour, yeah. 20 miles an hour over a, a hard packed rutted fire road and it's okay you know you, I think that your average person going down a dirt road to get to a campsite would be all right but of course that's not what we're all about and uh, you know this will uh, this will beat you up after uh, a couple hours on the trail and you're gonna be ready for that frosty beer way sooner than normal absolutely and, and what we're getting with this vehicle a loop here um, our max speed is about 24 our average speed is about 14 uh, and for each vehicle we're seeing you know a, a minimum of about a 10 to 15 miles per hour maximum speed increase uh, and probably 5 to 10 miles per hour uh, average speed for the I love how I can hear your your voice <laughs> like the, the, yeah, 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 you yeah. Your so this was an interesting road because it was a uh, a very like fire road type of a uh, environment mm -hmm. graded graded but damaged by like winter storms mm -hmm. where it got muddy chewed up and then dried hard as a rock mm -hmm. that's what she said for the loop so when you when you're doing just a standard 2.0 car uh and then of course when you get into the 2.5 uh or if you get into uh you know the 3.0 factory jeep it's just really not even fair uh this this just isn't a big enough place to fully experience all the factory can offer you i personally think you just need to carry more speed through this it is a rental, so that certainly is doable. But, so if uh, it's a rental, you, sh you should have gotten the insurance, right? <laughs> Keep in mind, the gentleman who has to sign my T&E is right behind you. Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. You know, I've been, we've been talking for a little while. Uh, I think I think he'll approve whatever. All right, so uh, if you've ever ridden in a stock Jeep in Hawaii on uh, vacation or Orlando, uh, this is basically what it is on a way rougher road. And uh, next time you uh, hear my voice, we're going to be in something a little bit more uh, more interesting. All right, so here we are in vehicle number two, also a JK, and I'm with uh, Mason. Mason Powers, yeah. All right, Mason, uh, we just got out of the stock when we're doing the Fox progression here, and uh, I can already tell how much better. Uh... I have to say right now, Holman, that Mason Powers is a superhero. I, 100%. I mean, I, mean I, I, was, I was actually got awkward because I was looking for a cape. <laughs> Isolation there is in this one, just, just from going from the stock to here. Now, these are the smooth body 2.0s. No reservoir, right? No reservoir, yeah. So it's got the full performance series package on it. That's uh, all four shocks and then a performance series IFP stabilizer up front. Are these uh, aluminum bodied or steel bodied? They are aluminum body shocks, yes. And it's important to note that it is literally 111 degrees out here right now. Yep. And so we're experiencing the shocks. You know, you guys are doing loops, it's hot. The, this is uh, really going to show the difference in the fade resistance that we were seeing with the uh, the factory suspension. Yeah, exactly. You guys are on the tail end of the run, and so on typical steel body shocks, you would have seen a lot of fade. And in the stock one, if you got the tail end of that, you're really going to see how much it lacks in terms of performance. So yeah, that's where the aluminum really kicks butt. So this is the basically the, I don't want to call it entry level because I don't want to make it sound like it's the, the you know, Good, better, best, and good's not good enough because it actually is a great suspension package. Yeah. But this is the first level that somebody would consider when stepping up into aftermarket uh, Fox suspension, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the best thing about the Performance Series is it actually, it gets people hooked immediately, right? Because it gives you the comfort and the driver, um, the driving just experience is all around better, which actually hooks you on to the whole off-road scene, right? So listen to the, uh, the, the vehicle in the background. And you can kind of you can hear it you, chatter, right? Because we're going faster, because we're able to carry so much more speed over stock. But it was all noise; it wasn't like it was beating you up inside. So it was, that's pretty interesting. 
uh, a good riding vehicle really turns you into kind of an enthusiast really and it makes you want to go more you want to build your car up more and go faster and do more stuff with it so that's where the performance series really shines is it gets people hooked immediately yeah i mean this is a significant upgrade over what you'd have from the uh the, the steel bodied twin tubes that were on the first vehicle we were in and the benefit obviously of having an aluminum body shock not only is weight but better heat dissipation as well because it's using that uh, aluminum to get the uh, the heat out of the oil yeah exactly and actually the aluminum really helps too with the the corrosion resistance and, and really what it does is it allows you to buy one shock you don't have to buy another shock ever again because these are completely serviceable uh rebuildable custom tuned the, the whole nine yards whatever you want to do with these shocks you can do and there are suppliers and and people all around the united states that will tune the shocks for you rebuild them whatever you want so they're, they're really the last shock you'll ever have to buy now, who would you recommend this for taking money out of the equation? Not what somebody would want because one has uh, more farkles and is prettier and all that, but but honestly, just looking at the, the family, who are these shocks right for? Uh, the Weekend Warrior, the guy who wants to daily his car um, and, and use it for, for you know everyday use, but also to be able to go out to like, let's say Big Bear, that's where I do most of my off-roading and I have 2.0s on my, I have a TJ, okay? Um, and it really, performs extremely well and that's really what these are for the people who want to get interested into the sport and really start doing something with their car rather than using their stuff as an appliance they're using it as a toy so we've said this on the podcast a lot of times obviously everybody knows i'm a big suspension guy i love suspension and we get a lot of conversations and questions from jeep owners and pickup truck owners and they always say if i'm only going to do one upgrade what's the one upgrade to do and i always tell them put better suspension on there put better shocks on your vehicle even if you're going to leave it at stock height yeah. i think this vehicle is the perfect example of that because you can see an immediate improvement ride comfort's way better it just is more isolated you can feel the suspension moving but the body's not you're not reaching we're driving over a bunch of like rutted out you know leftover rain ruts that are hard from the summer sun now and you it's just not reaching the occupant in the cabin yeah everything is rounded out and so one of the big things i tell everybody when they do do these ride-alongs is listen to the car there's not a lot of noise you can hear because of the isolation and that's where people are like oh my god you're right like most of the harshness comes from the sound that the car is making and this does a really good job of eliminating that really um but yeah so honestly these are probably some of the most comfortable shocks you can get um at the price point that they're set at aaron anything to add on uh, on what we've talked about you know one of the things i noticed just sitting in the back back here is as you were saying before the first ride we were you know we were just bumping all around my kidneys were suffering i was holding on right now i'm kind of sitting in the back cruising uh i think it's it's representative of that that uh, the point we were making earlier which is you know this shock can be your daily driver uh, it can be the the the, the product you put on your vehicle to put 30 to 50,000 miles on going to the office, but also take it off road. And these trails are, you know, they're not extreme, but they're not, uh, they're not just a light trail that we're on. You can really see the difference um, in the ride quality and in the performance of the vehicle uh, gripping and holding onto the road. I would argue it's actually the perfect type of environment because not only is there ripples and ruts, different frequency up down on the hills, but everything's hard packed. So you don't have a deformable surface like if you were in a wash or something like Absolutely. that. So it's really making the shocks have to work for each one of these bumps. Absolutely. And as you said, uh, you know, it is extremely hot out here today. We uh, picked the, the worst day and the best day in some in some pers <laughs> perspective to, to do this because we're uh, we're getting to put these shocks through through their paces. And, and uh, I think uh, we can all tell that they're holding up really well after a few laps here. Yeah, yeah we're on a, uh, we're on a almost, uh, was it one and a half mile course, something like that? Yep. 
and uh, there's no uh, no perceptible fade, at least from the uh, the passenger seat here. So, all right, uh, we're going to get out of this uh, otherwise stock, except for the uh, 2.0 Fox smooth bodies, into uh, something with uh, a little more beef and a little more suspension, a little more tire. So, uh, we'll uh, be back in a sec. All right, so uh, I've jumped into a, a brand new Gladiator JT with the uh, 2.5 inch shocks and I've got uh, Dan here with me and Dan this is your personal vehicle so you're going to uh, either baby this or womp on it which we're one gonna, is it? We're going to do a little bit of both we're going to do a little bit of both this is my, my everyone laughs they call it cream puff because usually on a daily basis it's uh, very very clean and very armored up and it's my daily driver but uh, I definitely take it out and kind of beat it up quite a bit so the first thing that I can uh, feel in this is it's not quite as plush as the 2.0. Still isolated, still feels good, but it's just a di completely different feel. This is for the person who wants to push their vehicle a little bit harder, a little bit faster, want to, wants to survive those uh, truck gobblers that show up from time to time when you're driving fast on the trail. Correct, correct. I mean, the benefit with the 2.5 Performance Series Elite is the adjustability, right? You can actually change the shock for your vehicle changes as you either add weight or take weight away with, with accessories or your conditions, right? If you're going out rock crawling for the day and you want to slow the or uh, put low speed compression into it, get rid of a little bit of the head toss, you can do that. This is the, this has the compression adjusters, correct? Correct. This has your independent low and high speed compression adjuster. So you can do one, um, each one independent of another. Which is nice if you're going to carry a load over, you know, some more rock crawly slow stuff versus carrying a load over a whooped out section or something like that. You're absolutely correct. I mean, that is the benefit to having the double adjustable. So if you're doing, for example, you know, the Gladiator is so popular now for overlanding where yep. you're taking you know 500 pounds and carrying it very high in the back yep so what it allows you to do is actually increase your low speed to kind of get rid of that head toss so it actually you can tighten up your low speed keep your high speed soft you know so it's still soft and compliant it just gives you a lot of adjustability and we should uh, mention that this has a 37s on it and is this a two and a half inch lift this is a two and a half inch lift in the front, stock in the rear with stock springs. Oh, bitchin'. So you actually leveled it out and gave yourself a little more wheel travel in the front. So you're probably, I would guess, rocking what, about 10 inches, 11 inches in the front, about 12 in the back? That's exactly right, Sean. It's about a 10 inch travel in the front. It's got uh, about four inches of up travel, six inches of down travel. Which is actually a really good ratio. You you know, uh, when you've got a good shock with a good uh, suspension tune in it, you don't need that much up travel. You will benefit more from down at speed as, as you get to those really square edge things that drop out in front of you. And I think actually what's cool about this is we're going over some really uh, rutted terrain here, but it shows the quality of, tr of shock. And I think people get really hung up on travel numbers when the reality is it's the quality of the travel that matters, not the overall travel number. Because I've been in some really long travel vehicles that are undrivable on the street or are so wallowy and soft off-road that it, there's no control. Absolutely right, you're absolutely right. Especially on the solid axles, when most of your travel or, or more than 50% is down travel, you have to actually make sure your shock tune is good for the up travel because you tend to blow through, you know, when you hit hard bumps, you'll blow through the travel pretty rapidly on a solid axle. Yeah, you can feel the suspension's just breathing. So there's kind of two things going on right now. You've got the up and down of the uh, undulations on the trail that are being absorbed, but you're also experiencing how the shocks are isolating from sort of the high frequency stuff that's thrown in between. And it's just, it's really smooth and you just, 
we haven't bottomed out even on some of the uh, the bigger bumps and you can just feel that you've got enough spring rate and enough uh, piston to support it exactly exactly right and i set this vehicle up specifically for that for medium speed type desert driving i go to borrego springs quite a bit and do a lot of driving down there and i really wanted you know what people are calling now as a low center of gravity build right you want to uh have something that strokes as much travel much travel as possible with the largest wheel that you could fit without rubbing and that's the key a lot of people also don't realize that the only way to increase ground clearance is uh, for for bigger wheels and tires uh, on a solid axle vehicle is to get the uh get a lift in there and there's a way to do it right and a way to do it wrong. And it's it's not just putting a tall lift spring in there, it's really having to, a holistic approach to everything so that you have balanced feel and you're not just good in one area, especially for daily drivers, which is what you guys are aiming for. You're trying to find a shock out there that is going to be, you know, be fine for commuting, be fine with the family in it, but you can go take it out on a weekend and have a fun time. So I should clarify my comment there just so I, I said, I think I said it right, but it wasn't clear. The only way to have more ground clearance on a solid axle vehicle is with a bigger wheel and tire. So a sure. lot of times the only way to get that- Or portal axles. Or portal axles. Um, but the only way to get to that is to get the body up away so you can put a bigger wheel and tire on there, right? So it's one of those things where- you know, IFS truck, you've got other tricks because of the angle of the shocks and IFS and the pivot points and all that. But on a solid axle, the only way outside of portal axles is a bigger wheel and tire. And now you have to lift it in, on, in most cases to make it fit. Well, now you introduce other issues, right? You have uh, drive shaft angles and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So You're absolutely correct. This is the way I drive this vehicle every day. This has got 15,000 miles with these 2.5 elites on there, performance series elite. And, uh, it's literally set up exactly. I didn't firm anything up to come out here. I didn't soften it up. I wanted people to have the experience of how a daily driver feels. And just from judging from this, I'm guessing that you could probably, on a fast trail, something like this, without that you were being you know, safe on, knew what was in front of you, I'm guessing you could probably carry 60, 65 miles an hour, no problem in the desert. You know I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, anything else? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that uh, I noticed is on this loop, we went in, around at a little bit higher rate of speed. You could you could feel the difference. In yeah, the we're tune. already done now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, you could feel the difference in the tune. Even though the tune was, uh, you know, like, like you were saying, wasn't quite as plush and as soft, it was handling those higher speed impacts so much better. And we were carrying that speed in areas where I think on, on the other platforms, just because of the tune, we probably wouldn't have been able to achieve that, and particularly maintaining traction and control as much. But in, in this vehicle, having that combination of performance as well as plushness, it uh, it's just kind of balanced out at a, at a little bit more of a, a, a top a top end higher performance level. So the way I would explain it to somebody who's listening right now is it felt like on the previous uh, suspension we were riding on, required more travel for the same amount of control and comfort which is why you have that uh, that perception of plushness where this had less travel and was absorbing more energy in a shorter stroke leaving you with more reserve of wheel travel for anything coming up does that make sense absolutely all right so uh what's next we're gonna go uh hop in a 3.0 now yeah go straight to our factory series here we go all right here we go all right so here we are in a uh, a new vehicle and i'm with uh racer jason chair what's up dude Hey buddy, how you doing, Sean? I'm glad you guys are here and uh, checking out the launch of the new uh, Performance Elite 2.5s from Fox. So let's talk about the vehicle that we're in right now. We've got a, a JT and uh, it's got a lift and what tires, what size lift and which suspension are, is on this one? 
Sure. So this is my my personal Jeep. People don't actually oh, right believe on. that. This is actually my vehicle that I take through like the Rubicon and do Heck all yeah. my all my trips in there. And so um, I've got a three and a half inch Rubicon Express suspension with our uh, our links on it, the Rage Fourth links, yep. and then it's got the three O internal uh, bypass Foxes, and they're kind of the top echelon of the performance line. Um, and so. These things allow you to go smooth rock climbing. Like you can feel it right now. It's oh, got yeah. that smooth, like kind of rolly feeling. Yeah. But what it allows for is that you can go and, and like drive it hard where you, you know, probably hear a little tire spin in the background, but you can drive it as a higher performance setup and allow yourself to be able to like go out and really push the limits of the car a little bit more, but with total control, one hand on the wheel, driving along at 40 or 50 miles an hour in the dirt, and you're never feeling like the car's coming off the ground. Now, listen to the background noise on this one. This is the only vehicle that you'll hear the exhaust. You'll actually hear him screeching tires in the dirt around corners. And you can just hear the the background noise is louder as wind is rushing over. We're easily doing double on this loop that we were in the stock vehicle. I mean, there's, there's spots he was probably touching 55 or 60. And I'm talking on these big, like, roller, like, uh, uh, fire roads. Super hard pack. You're coming over around corners where it just drops out in front of you. And you're going, and, anything scary? I mean, there's a. I mean, not scary, <laughs> but there are a couple times. It's. I'll. I'll tell you this. Any butt puckers? Not. Uh, no, because he's a professional driver, and obviously he's a winner, and he's amazing. And he's talking to me with one hand on the wheel. And normally, as a passenger, the I look for the guy with one hand on the wheel talking to you is going to be a great ride. It's the person that's white knuckling. You know, obviously from uh, being a journalist, you get to ride with a lot of different people. And that's how I always judge my comfort level is how relaxed somebody is behind the wheel. And he's like, yeah, blah blah. But the first couple corners where he got on it, where it was an off-camber downhill turn, I sat up a little bit, right? <laughs> it, like, I had to recalibrate. Yeah. And then it, it was fine. But it was just like my brain had to go, oh, yeah, right? And then it was just fun after that. Perfect example right there was where we lifted uh, or we aired out, kind of G'd out the rear suspension. And in Jeeps, JK's especially, JL's not as bad. You get that right rear hit. Uh, really hard and as this came down it was all marshmallow and no harshness that's really the benefit of it you know and there's there's a couple of places that I think really highlight the ability for the bypass to work so we're coming up into a washboard section and this is probably I mean Sean this is 99% of the roads we drive in the dirt oh, right for sure, yeah and it totally absorbs all this stuff but I love how you can put your hand right here and it never loses the line the line that I picked right there it yep. stayed on because of the tires contact patch is being held to the ground the whole time by the dampening and that's the key so you know they've done a great job of this you can still rip and have fun in it um but like on the trail that ability for the dsc valve to control the uh the fluid flow just gives you a feeling that you don't get in a lot of other situations so. and you can totally feel as uh how speed sensitive they are because as you're picking up speed you can feel the tuning change and probably heard the squealing around the corners those rear tires are staying completely planted yeah i mean it's more fun when they're making a little noise. Usually you don't get the noise in the dirt, so I'm actually pretty stoked on the dirt out here to be able to make tire squeal noises in the dirt. Makes it fun, doesn't it? Well, and you're powering through the corner and we've got basically, you know, uh, cross bumps that we're, we're going over as we're going around the corner and then going uphill. And inside we're not getting that head toss. Right. It's very isolated. It, but it's interesting because it's such a different feel than even the uh, the 2.5. Like these uh, these things, it's hard to it's hard to describe just it's good i don't know what else to say it's just really good yeah i mean there's a reason that they built this as the top performance line you know shock but it's also cool to me that you're going to be able to get something that's very very close in that 
um, Performance Elite without having to go and, and, and you know spend this money. And there's so many applications, you just can't make the other setup fit. So, you know, it's such a good spot to have that 2.5 for everybody's sake. And, uh, you know, if you ever decide you want to go step up to the 3.0s, you know that there's even more out there, you know? Yeah, no, th this is easily double the speed that we were doing in some of the, f the first couple rides. And just the isolation. I'm also noticing really good rebound control. We're not, uh, we're not lifting as the suspension is cycling. The, the vehicle isn't, you know, tearing the uh, rear axle off the ground. Everything is nice and slow and controlled, allowing those wheels to stay in, in contact with the, uh, with, with the ground. I love this little section right here. Just feel how that yeah. transition. That used to be in Jeeps, you know, you feel that pan hard. Well, you'd hit your head on the uh, yeah. seatbelt adjuster oh, on the oh, on the B pillar. Oh, killed me. I was like my. <laughs> how many I, of us have done that? I, well, I've punched the window a few times in the JKs <laughs> over the years yeah. because of it. But yeah, they've really improved. I mean, Jeep did their job. You know, they got the suspension to have good geometry, and now Fox is able to really capitalize on that. Yeah, and I know there's probably people wondering, well, you know, if, if it's so good from the factory, why do I need better shocks? Well, that's because the, the factory is really playing to a, a cost um, price point, and also the lowest common denominator of what somebody's going to use it for. Not everybody wants to have the performance, and with this upgrade, you can really push to the limits that was, you know, designed into the JL chassis, which has a number of really important uh, changes over a JK, like lower roll center and wider track, things like that. And you can really take advantage of them with a high-end uh, shock. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I started making bumpers for these a couple of years ago, shameless plug for Rage Forth. But, you know, my goal with it was, you know, if you protect the vehicle so that, you know, you can have the bumpers and the rocker panels that hold everything together, and you put a good suspension package on the car, some nice tires and wheels, you can go out and enjoy your JL, drive it on the trails and have fun with it, and you're not destroying it. You know, that's been the situation in the past where you, nobody wants to take their, you know, JK out or whatever. A $50,000 oh, rig, and, right? and the last thing you want to do is be blowing through and, and tearing off suspension mounts off the frame because there's no control for those axles, you know, all that unsprung weight that's just flying around under there. Yeah, so, I mean, we've had a lot of fun, family's had fun, and. And we'll keep having fun in them. So it's great stuff. Thanks for coming out with us. Appreciate it, Sean. Aaron, anything you want to add to the uh, to the 3.0 conversation? Yeah, you know, even for us who uh, live in reshocks, when I'm working at Fox <clears throat> every day, we don't get the opportunity too much to go out and AB vehicles like this. To have all four vehicles out here now gone through the whole series, even me sitting here in the back seat, you can really feel the difference. Like when we started out, I was grabbing the bars, holding on, like we were getting bumped around in the stock vehicle. Like you said, in this one, we're probably running this course about twice as fast as we started out with the original vehicle. And I'm sitting back here, holding my hand, folding my hands in my lap, just kind of watching things go by. Uh, the vehicle just performs so much better and we're just uh, uh, advancing the speeds and the comfort levels as we go up through uh, the, the, the product line here. Hey Jason, can we just say screw the rest of the afternoon? I mean, we're, we're not that far from the 15, we can get to Barstow pretty quick. Barstow, Maine, here we come, and then maybe some Del Taco after, all right? Who's buying? Yeah, uh, yeah if we're doing Barstow, Del Taco, that's fine, but uh, it's going to cost you a Klegacon on the way home. <laughs> that's the deal, man. Let's go. So that was the uh, the ride drive portion. I got one more interview of uh, Aaron just walking us through the product line of uh, some, some of the features and benefits, and I thought that was kind of interesting, right? You know, being able to, like Aaron was talking about AB, but do it with a microphone, so you can actually kind of hear the experience as we're going over the course. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And, uh, aesthetically, uh, explain, give us a kind of a run through of the, of the shocks. Yeah. So I think we'll talk about a little bit in the next interview, but basically they start with the performance series, which is uh, basically a smooth body aluminum shock, has an aluminum finish, black and gray Fox sticker, you know, kind of basic, but straightforward. Yeah. But, but way better looking than, you know, uh, stock shock. 
And then you step up to what the new line is, and and Jason has had uh, alluded to it when he said that, hey, welcome or thanks for coming by for the uh, 2.5 Performance Elite Series. Now that starts introducing some anodizing, some orange, uh, uh, you know, stickers and and uh, anodized accents and. Basically, like their piggyback shop. Oh, here. that's a good looking unit. Yeah, very nice looking wow. unit. That's what she said. And um, they said they had an industrial design company kind of come and help them to get the look right, which I thought was pretty cool. We talked about that a little bit coming up. But here's the bad boy this is the 3.0 factory race series internal bypass with the big old piggyback reservoir that has finned aluminum coolers on it. Oh, hot damn. <laughs> right? Can I have one, please? Uh, Just one. I don't need four. Well, you know, <laughs> you might not want one. Why don't you listen to this next interview and decide if it's for you? All right. Well, uh, those were uh, some pretty awesome rides. It was awesome being in all the different Jeeps and really go through the progression of the Fox lineup. And you may have heard uh, Aaron in the back. Aaron, what was your last name? Aaron Freitas. So Aaron Freitas was in the back seat. He's been taking us through our, uh, our product tour of uh, Fox's new suspension lineup here. And uh, we're going to walk through now that we've experienced each one actually in various vehicles we've got a couple displays here and Aaron's going to walk us through and sort of uh, do the I guess the product walk of what's offered and and the differences between the different uh, levels yeah yeah absolutely so we're sitting here in front of our performance series which is our entry level entry level package and we got to experience that out on the trail I think uh, you know, the, the big thing that I would like to theme out in, in, in talking through our product is it's less about, you know, features or size, and it's more about the use case. This is really the shift that we're trying to present out there, and I think we really uh, felt it when we were out there in the vehicles, is each each of our shocks isn't just built with the idea of having, you know, a good, better, best, as kind of you alluded to before. It's really designing that shock based upon consumers' use patterns and what they want for uh, their, their normal driving style. So when you look at a performance series it's a 2.0 platform that's kind of the standard but it comes in lots of, uh, of different uh, specs different features and really what it is is setting a tuning target and a product target that really is about your your upgrading your daily driver to have a very quality lifelong shock as Mason was telling us but one that really still carries down that performance off-road lineage that carries through all of our product lines so you can have that daily driver but have confidence that you're gonna have a quality product when you go off-road that's both uh, uh, meeting the demands of the trail and the comfort that you need. So I would explain it this way. It's it's less about price point, although obviously they come at different price points, and it's more to matching, as you said, to somebody's driving style. It's just that for somebody who has a more aggressive driving style, requires a little bit different feature set, which is going to be more expensive. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right shock for you. Absolutely. Like the last thing when we were talking about this earlier, I don't want to. I don't want someone to come into our product line and buy a shock that's over over their head or over their needs. Right? It's just not necessary. We want to make sure we have the right product for what that consumer is needing. So so they're happy with the uh, with the interaction with the with the come away when they when the takeaway when they when they buy a Fox Shock. So like we talked about the performance series, the 2.0s that were on the uh, the uh, JKs that we we're in, definitely huge improvement over stock. Absolutely. I think any anybody who is looking for that next level would be really satisfied with it. Um, and maybe walk us through the feature set of what you're getting with the 2.0 performance series. 
Yeah, let's walk. Uh, let's walk right over here. The big thing that you're seeing in the in the 2.0 performance series is the aluminum body, our shafts. It has an internal float piston in there. There's a there's a consistency of of ride quality, and that's because because of that internal float piston that's in there, which keeps a uh, a fluid air barrier going on. Um, and then and then the whole shock is just built for durability and tunability, right? It's it's a shock that like like we were alluding to earlier. Uh, it, it it can be completely taken apart, completely custom tuned completely refilled with oil which is the one element that will break down through all of this so the the product is just made to have uh, some both performance and stability uh, uh, improvements but also longevity improvements all right and then now the the new I guess the uh, line that's within the uh, the Fox branding is the performance elite series and uh, so that was on the JT Gladiator that we were in, yes. and you. This is a beautiful shock, uh, anodized finish, kind of has a red orange sort of a graphic element, click adjuster, so you don't need tools to dial in the compression, low speed and high speed compression. Uh, let's let's walk through these a little bit. Yeah, I mean the first thing you see at a performance uh, elite series is a, is, is a complete a massive look. shaft. <laughs> it's a complete look and feel. A bigger shaft, That's definitely. What she said. It's a, a complete look and feel update. So this is this is really a visual shock that's somewhere in between our performance series and our, our factory series. Uh, you know, when when these vehicle when these products are on your vehicle, we want the 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 the, the product to look good. I mean, you know, people put product on there one for performance, but also because they want to show off a little bit, right? And so we feel this is a step up in that direction. Um, and as you said, you start adding feature sets onto this. So the one we're looking at right in front of us, it has a it has a remote reservoir. This comes in either a remote reservoir or piggyback version. But you're also going to start seeing our DSC knobs here. You're going to have some adjustability features that are built in, plus scale, size, right? This is now on this platform, or the one that we're looking at is on a on a 2.5 uh, uh, package, and uh, that that allows us for a, a larger platform to to manage the forces and the heat dissipation that's necessary. And uh, yeah, like as you said, the shaft's uh, growing, growing in girth a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely feel that extra oil volume in there, that extra piston size. It, it definitely was, it's not that it's not as plush as the 2.0, it just has a different feel. And going back to what we were talking about is just like with the 3.0, it's the way it's managing that uh, um, energy dissipation totally. differently. Totally. Yeah, and, and going back to the idea of, of use case, right? So this this product line is also stepping up in that performance level a little bit. We're tuning the shock a little bit differently, and we felt that in the ride. Like, it's it's a little bit, it's not so plush, it's not so soft. It's a, it's a little bit more going towards that performance level, which is going to make it a little bit, uh, let's call it a little bit stiffer of a ride. But that's intended to handle the... But not uncomfortable, not harsh. There's no. a difference between stiffness and harshness, I think, is important to... Absolutely, absolutely. This is... This is giving us that, that 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 nice balance between those two and allowing that vehicle to start to raise those performance speeds but also again the adjustability allows us to you know drive down the trail at 50 miles an hour and as you said earlier if we hit a, a washout that's pretty pretty technical pretty rocky we can get out there adjust the shocks and you can crawl down that washout if you need and go over some pretty technical obstacles and have that really floaty feeling and then adjust it back up and back on the trails at 50 miles an hour again and this line also includes your uh, performance series 2.0 uh, stabilizer or TS, so that's a through shaft design. And so the reason those came about was because on a monotube shock, the uh, pressure puts a certain amount of, or the I guess the, the nitrogen fill, puts a certain amount of pressure on the piston, which sometimes in certain applications 
lead to a perception of a, a pull to one side of the vehicle. So you guys developed the through shaft system, which made the piston balanced on each side so that you weren't favoring one side or the other from a steering standpoint, correct? I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. <laughs> and uh, those things are pretty awesome as well. That's a big shaft for steering stabilizer, five eighths. I mean, the, the, the Performance Elite Series shaft on the shocks is a seven eighths. We, you're really looking at something incredibly sturdy that you're not going to bend out on the trail. And I guess with a through shaft on, on steering, you want that to be as beefy as possible. Yeah, I mean, our, our, our whole product line is based around performance, right? We have a race lineage. It's something something that we believe strongly at Fox is, is we build our product lines, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the factory series. We build our product lines and, and test and, and go out and, and refine them in our race environments. And then we carry that lineage uh, through our series. And all of our shocks reflect that uh, that that history that 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 brand promise that we have and so um, you're gonna see in all of our product lines we're building uh, top, top quality products any in, in every place we can we don't want to sacrifice quality and so I, I, I would say that the the beauty is that there's a lot of features and benefits at each price point yes the price points increase as you get deeper in the series but what they're competitive with you guys are putting out a very competitive product with a lot of features that people are going to be able to enjoy um, at, at for whatever price point you buy the Fox Shock at yeah, and what we, what we realized before is a lot of our customers were coming to us and very happy with their performance line, but there was a big jump, big jump up to factory. And when they would come in, there was, there was a lot of like, uh, there was a lot of perception of either, well, that's more shock than I need at the factory level, or the, the prices, it's, it's a difference. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a step up there. And so the Performance Elite Series is really to create a bridge there. We feel there's a, a strong customer base and the users out there, especially in the Jeep market, there's a lot of performance-focused performance, performance uh, uh, drivers out there who really wanted to step up, but really didn't have a good mix of what they wanted. And so this is really to meet that need in the marketplace. All right, so let's uh, move over to the next car, which is the uh, the big daddy of them all. This is the factory race series, and this is the big boy 3.0. Uh, just, I mean, unbelievably beautiful shock. One of the things is on the piggyback model, anodized top, but then you have a finned reservoir yeah. attached to it for massive heat dissipation. Again, hard chrome, 7 8 inch shaft, although the shaft, even though it's as girthy as the uh, as the 2.5s, it doesn't look it because the 3 inch body is so big. Let's uh, walk through the uh, the factory line. Yeah, factory line, I mean, obviously it's our halo level. It's just a beautiful shock. On this one, we have the bumps. It's literally up. industrial art. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, just from the hard anodizing to the different finishes, to the machining, to the CNC bits on the ends, I, just everything about it is is gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's something that is would look as good hanging on your wall as it does hanging under your Jeep Dirty. I mean, this is, in, in my mind, why I love my job. This is the iconic Fox brand right here. This is why I'm a marketer. I get to, I get to be responsible for you know, a, a brand that resonates and as, as one of the strongest, if not the strongest, performance suspension brand in the world. And it resonates on this shock. You just look at it and it's sexy. Um, it carries our, our colors, our palette, our everything well. We had an industrial design firm work with us on creating this, but it wasn't just about a, uh, it wasn't just about look and feel. This is 100% uh, a performance race shock. This is internal bypass. This is, uh, like you said, thinned reservoirs. It's about size and, and heat dissipation on multiple different levels. Uh, really what this shock is, and I was mentioning this earlier, is we, we test and we innovate in our race environments, but so many of those products are designed for racing. Yeah, you don't want them on your daily driver because there's a, there's the way the seals, the oil, the maintenance, the recharge, all those things that a race team does after every single race, you don't want to do every month on your commuting car. Absolutely. So you've taken that technology from the racing 
and put it into a shock that has the maintenance and longevity and durability expected from something that's going to last, you know, of the life of the vehicle and is also rebuildable if you ever do want to go back in there. Totally. And that's what the factory race series is. It, it's, it's what wins on the track. It's what wins in the deserts. But it's also what you can put on your daily driver. And just as we were in Jason's vehicle, it's his daily driver. And you can drive this around on a daily basis. But it is still a race, uh, a race lineage, a platform that is, 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 is best of class. Um, in all aspects. Again, it has the adjustability, it has the 3.0 bodies, it has the remote resis. Uh, you know, it comes with it all. Even our uh, uh, steering stabilizers here, we even have our ATS uh, uh, remote uh, chamber on that as well on this platform. And then it also looks like you have an option for hydraulic bumps that are yep. a part of the system as well. Yep. Bumps come on this, on this platform as well, which again, just complete everything. All right, if uh, somebody wants to find out more about Fox Suspension, Fox Shocks, the new lineup, uh, where do they head to? Yeah, it's all on our website right now, uh, ridefox.com, as well as, you know, we're here uh, at this event with Four Wheel Parts. Four Wheel Parts has this entire product lineup. We're really happy with that partnership with them. So I would say either come to us directly and we'll point you in the right directions or, uh, or contact our partners at Four Wheel Parts. All right, man. Well, appreciate all your time today. It's been fun getting to uh, experience all of the uh, vehicles in person, and uh, I, I'm seriously impressed. I, a lot of people listen to the podcast know I love suspension, and uh, what I felt today was was very impressive. Well, we're we're, we're here to raise the bar, and we hope uh, we hope that you and our listeners and uh, and our customer base out there is really excited about the whole new product line and everything we're doing. We're here to we're here to kind of continue continue pushing forward. All right, man. Appreciate. It. Thank you. All right. Take care. Well, thank you very much for bringing that to us, Holman. Yeah. Sound like a rough day out there in Riverside. Uh, other than being really hot, it was uh, it was pretty fun. <laughs> you were in AC though. It's not like you were had well, the windows down. Uh, no, but I mean, we were in AC for like uh, you know a five minute loop, and then we were out in the you know shade of a easy up. Okay, so yeah, it was hot. hot. It was toasty. Yes, yeah, it's, it's toasty. All right. During that, I was uh, perusing your Fox catalog that they handed you, yeah. and uh, when you were talking about metal art, yeah, uh, it is. No, they've it's done gorgeous. a really nice job. One of the things I really like that they do, too, is they... You know, do you think Fox and, and other manufacturers are forced to grapple with um, industrial design? Meaning, that's not what I wanted to say. What I want to say is that they already had nice stuff, but really so many guys are buying upgrades because of the aesthetics. Now, they, don't, they would rather have you buy it because it's functional, but the reality is a lot of people just want cool-looking stuff on their rig. So you make your expensive stuff really cool looking, and you're probably going to buy, you know, get a lot of those customers. Right. I really like that on the uh, non-piggyback reservoir style of the uh, factory race series 3.0s, mm-hmm. you can get a twin reservoir hose on it, which means normally you have a single reservoir hose that goes back and forth, mm-hmm. right? On a double, I, I'm guessing there's check valves in there, but basically all of the oil is getting used and circulated through the shock, right? Because there's two pathways, so it's it's moving completely in a circle rather than just going back and forth between two points. Gotcha. And so I think that's that's really cool. But man, do those piggybacks look good. Oh, just- Let me, let me see again. All right, just look at that. Let me see again. That fin reservoir and that hard anodizing. God, it's gorgeous. I'm going to need some alone time with this catalog. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I tell you to turn the page, but those ones are already stuck together. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> what? Oh, I can't. Hold on. I was wondering why there was a page missing, but it's actually, they're just attached now. Oh, that's disgusting. All right, well, thanks again, Holman. Appreciate the uh, the coverage out there in Riverside. And thanks again to uh, Chris Jacobs, who carved out some time to talk to us. Big old automotive star and some junk. Thank you. I think it was a good show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh.
And don't forget, he is at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast on your favorite social platform, except for that stupid one, Twitter. <laughs> are you going to plug your uh, your ADV cheap? Uh, at ADVJEEP. And what did you, uh, what's my new Instagram since you uh, changed it? At Lockjaw C20. Lockjaw, L O K. Yeah. L O K, Lockjaw C20. And uh, I'm, I'm slowly rolling out the photo, so don't expect any crazy feed right now. But once I unleash. Oh, you're going to unleash? I'm going to unleash, yes. Well, if you a- uh, want to see more of Lightning Unleashing, podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Put in your request and see uh, just what he will unleash for you. And uh, of course, if you want to uh, leave us a message, Five Star Hotline, 657-205-6105. Oh we want to hear from you. We didn't even get to any. We I know. like 25 of them stacked up. Well, leave some more. All right. 657-205-6105. That is the Five Star Hotline. And, uh, of course, we want to thank Nissan. Dude, if you need a one million mile frontier, <laughs> hit them up. Well, no, no, no. You can't buy the one million mile frontier. That's going to the Smyrna uh, assembly plant where it was first made to go on display in the lobby. But... If you'd like a uh, truck capable of a million miles, it's oh, that's up to what you. I meant. Okay, 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 that's what I meant. <laughs> it's what? up to you to put the miles on it. Nissan's not going to give you one of the million on it already. <laughs> you know what they will give you, though, is What's that? five-year, 100,000-mile industry-leading warranty on the Nissan Titan and Titan XD. And, of course, can't forget the commercial van line with the NVs. If you want to uh, pick up a new Nissan or check them out or build in price, NissanUSA.com. Can you put in a good word for me so I can borrow an NV van? Um, I'll think about it. We have to think about it. Well, because uh, it's... Have you borrowed one? Yes. Well, then why can't I? Because you would be attached to my good name. I won't sully it any worse than you already have. No, 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 no. That's not true. You don't have a good name. I do with Nissan. Yeah, you do have a good name with Nissan. But what about Decked? I have a great name with Decked. Do you really? Oh, absolutely. Uh, When I call Greg, Uh he answers. And when Greg calls me, Uh I answer. Okay, well, that seems mutual. So we're both important to each other, right? <laughs> Is that true? Uh, and e- how about this? Every time I do a podcast, mm-hmm. I mention his product multiple times. Well, because we're supposed to. Yeah, true, but we go above and beyond. Well, wait a minute. Well, hold on a second. Did we ever do anything where people were supposed to guess what the new product is, and then we were going to award someone some prize yeah, for doing so? Uh, and- no, we're not really going to award anybody. Come on, they know better than that. Although I think we might have a real way of doing something like that later. Oh, that's right, because we're doing something with Decked. Yeah. We can't really talk about it yet. Not yet. And there's cameras involved. Yes. And Which uh, I feel sorry for the cameras. And, and heavy equipment. And uh, tool, tools. And tools. Tools. Yeah. 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 And mm. destruction, or attempted destruction. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's not say anymore. You and I are going on a field trip. Yeah, we are. To middle America. And I think this is going to be fun. Decked.com. So if you guys need a, uh, what do you call it? You call it the best organizing storage solution? No, organizer storage. Well, you have some weird tongue twister that you say every time. Yeah, that. A organizing, no, a storage organizing solution? Sure. What did you call it? I call it something different every time. You should know that by now. Write it down so we can both share it next time. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, because we need to say it. It has to be official from the Truck Show Podcast. We call it the storage organizing solution? Yeah. It's drawers that lock and are weatherproof, and you can put 2,000 pounds on top of. They're awesome. Will it fit all the hot air coming out of you right now? Nothing can contain this amount of hot air. (laughs) Lightning, can't you make it through an entire show without sucking? (laughs) I guess not.